Hey folks, it's Tomo, Sean, and Andrew from What's Going On Here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of What's Going On Here. Welcome to our Christmas special, the 12 Beers of Christmas. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love in dog sledding circles, believe it or not. And with me, as always, I have the one, the only, the air traffic controlling, the uh, Christmas gift tolling, the forest dwelling, never smelling man of the hour, tower of power, young Mr. Sean Quigley, aka the Quig, as he's known in hmm, laptop repair circles. Sean, how are you, sir? Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I am pretty, pretty good. Uh, not too bad. It's funny, you know, it's funny you say laptop repair circles because <laughs> I feel like I don't know too much about, you know, obviously they know me well in those circles, but I don't know about them too much. But I feel like it's the sort of area that like, if you're young, like the young laptop repair people definitely 100% are Mac specialists and look down on everything that are not Macs. And the dudes that are 50 and over are like, I feel like every time they look at someone's laptop, they tut and sigh about how they're not working on like a tower PC. And I feel like they would just talk on and on about how like, well, when I started and with Intel Pentium Core, blah, blah, blah. I, I, and all these I, new I, faggot laptops. What the fuck are we... Uh, I, I, I appreciate this, but I would I would appreciate it more if you didn't look at me when you were saying that, okay? I'm not <laughs> a 50 yet, okay? I just wouldn't... No, no. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was... Yeah, I was being... Um, that, in fact, that's fucking... That's, you know, it's weird to think that. I, I plugged Dude. it out of my head. Like I was like, that sounds about right age-wise. But but now thinking about it, I'm like, no, that is too old. There are plenty of people younger than 50 who, who had tower PCs, including yes. me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have one downstairs. There you go. Yeah. I have a couple of old boxes upstairs in the attic that I built myself. So, yes, I know what you're talking about. See, exactly. Because you go to all <laughs> the effort to do all the like hardware so it gets replaced by a stupid fucking like you know japanese circuit board that you know oh yes i hear you um do me do us all a favor don't play with that bottle opener too much because all we're hearing is clicking in the background and it's like that episode of like star trek the next generation where the aliens kidnap them and like cut them apart for pieces it's really starting to creep me out especially with the <laughs> ceiling there i'm like uh the hand is gonna reach out and like kill us all through the screen i don't know what's happening anyway well that's very good i'm glad to hear everything's good with you sean and with us as always 
we have the uh, newest member of our crew, although at this point he's been through the trenches with us for quite some time. It's the man who makes our show 33% watchable on YouTube um, when, when the episodes come out, so please do check those out. Um, he is the handsome, the young, the flexible, or so I've heard in all the circles around Hell's uh, Kitchen, uh, young Mr. Andrew Albagees, or AA, as he's known in fraternity basement bar circles. Uh, Andrew, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good. I'm excited to uh, dive into this episode tonight. I got nothing to say about <laughs> fraternity bar circles, because anyone who knows me knows I'm not a big fan of fraternities, although I'm sure there's some good folks out there, but yes. um, I can't even oh, think about were, were you like that too? Because I remember I made a lot of enemies my freshman year in college, <laughs> and uh, because somebody came up to me and said, dude, why don't you join a fraternity? And I looked at him and I said, because I already have a personality, personality, thanks. And the fucking good. looks I got was... Yeah, not bad. I'm not making friends with those guys. Yeah, okay. uh, sounds about right. But you have a lovely co collection of drinks behind you, sir. That's what I'm like... For people, when they see this episode on YouTube, they're going to be really, be really impressed with that bar. That's very yes, cool. yes. I'm at an undisclosed secret location for absolutely for the holiday episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely, this is top security. Uh, this <laughs> episode. We are dealing with twelve beers here, people. Four beers apiece. That, that, that's yes, serious stuff. So, like we said, this is the twelve beers of Christmas episode. We are, oh no, Sean is in a tailspin. Oh, for a second, I thought he got sucked into a black hole. I don't know what's going on there. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are doing the 12 beers of Christmas where we're each uh, having four beers and we're breaking these down for you guys. We really threw ourselves on the sword for Christmas time to brighten you guys up. And at the same time, what we're doing is counting down. We asked our listeners for their favorite Christmas movies and we're counting down our fan favorite 12 top Christmas movies as well. We'll get to those in a second. Um, I guess I skipped ahead, but for those of you that don't know, what we usually do is find something in the public zeitgeist, uh, in pop culture, and break it down for you. Um, and then the main point is we sample drinks, whether it's a cocktail or a beer or a cider, mostly beers, but we have known to have some wine and ciders and cocktails and just some spirits, like some brandies and, uh, well, whiskeys, I should say, and bourbons, that kind of stuff. So anyway, so... Um, we will each have a beer and then another beer and then another beer and another beer. So basically between the three of us, four beers a pop, that gives us the 12 beers of Christmas. We're breaking it's those beautiful thing. people. It is a beautiful thing. We're going to discuss these 12 movies that our fair listeners suggested to us. Um, let me just give a rundown of those real quick. And we have brackets and we'll put those up later. So we have the brackets are broken down by decades. We have four 80s movies that are going up against each other, four 90s movies that are going up against each other, and then, oddly enough, two movies from the 40s and two movies from the 2000s. So, and it goes like this. A Christmas Story versus Scrooged, 1983 versus 88. Die Hard versus National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, 88 versus 89. Uh, Home Alone versus A Muppet Christmas Carol, 1990, 1992. The Santa Claus versus Jingle All the Way, 1994-1996, and A Christmas in Connecticut versus It's a Wonderful Life, that's old school, 1945 versus 1946, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas versus Elf, 2000 versus 2003. 
because those are the 12 movies suggested by a lot of our listeners. And I may add, I, I believe, I don't think we did an official tally. Die Hard was nominated the most. I think so. I believe it I think was. I had two or three on my end nominate Die Hard. Yeah, I had I had at least at least three, I think, on my end as well. I think so, yes. So all right. And then well, as always, we kick off the episode with um, opening a beer. So we will go with our first beers, shall we? Uh, who wants to go first? Andrew, Sean, who wants to present their beer first? I can kick us off. Go ahead, Andrew. So uh, for my first beer, mm-hmm. I have from Warhorse Brewing Co., which is okay. out of Geneva, New York. Ooh, okay. I have the Region? Change Change Rotating Double IPA. And uh, for anyone, anyone who is watching this on YouTube, um, you see the great can. If you're only merely listening, you know you will not know you will not see this. But we are telling you now: the can is wonderful, and I believe that's a horse. I believe it's their war horse mascot, but he's green in the face, looks like much the Grinch, like, much like the Grinch, and is yep. dressed as Santa. So you've got a kind of a Grinch sort of war horse happening here. It is six point eight percent ABV, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this one has IBUs on it. No, you know I what? Believe it does. I was going to say you can we can look that up on uh, Untapped, yep. which is a favorite app of ours. Uh, while we're looking that up, Sean, you want to go ahead and present your beer? I shall be drinking the uh, the Fest Lager from Trogs. Oh, Trogs Independent Brewery. Okay, uh, it is a six point one. Uh, it is a uh, Pilsner. Ooh, okay. The, co- the color is Sienna. Just in case you're uh, wondering there. Uh, and again, doesn't have the uh, IBU okay. on it. But, um... uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. So I can confirm for Andrew there's no uh, IBU listed for his beer. And you have Fest Beer by Troges. Fest Lager. <laughs> Fest Lager. Um, Troves. Ah, here it is. And that's also uh, no IBUs listed for that as well. All right. And they are out of Hershey, Pennsylvania, correct? Troves Independent Brewing. Yes. Okay, excellent. My first beer is a local... This was actually, my wife took me, and I probably talked about this on the show before, um, on a tour of this brewery, they were still based in Lambertville, New Jersey back then, but now they're in Ewing, New Jersey, River Horse Brewing. And they were really like the only brewery in New Jersey at the time, like the, that 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 uh, 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 was anywhere near here. And I'm having their Belgian freeze, as you can see with the little, Hippo, for those of you that don't know, a river horse is a hippo. A hippopotamus is a river horse. Um, and this is a dark Belgian style ale. It is 8% ABV with an IBU of 25. And like I said, River Horse Brewing Company is out of Ewing, New Jersey. All right. All right. So shall we pop open the caps and cans and give the fans something they want? Here we go. Three, two, one. 
Merry Christmas. Let's start the show. Ooh. Ooh, I, was, I was, Oh, this is a pretty cut. Oh, my goodness. Oh, guys, look at that. That's a nice color. It is nice. That's a nice color. Oh, all right. So why don't I'll start. Let's go in reverse order. I'll start this one then. Um, for those that don't see it, this is a very deep, rich amber color, like like a lovely honey. Um, and I guess I'll taste it and let you know the rest of it. Hmm. Wow, that's very nice. It's a little bit, it's a little bit sweet. Um, it's a lower level of carbonation. But this is really easy to drink. I'll read. I'll read here on the, um, and this is their take of a Belgian double. It's a malty, full-bodied amber brewed with dark crystal and caramel malts, and fermented at a lower temperature to minimize sweetness. The Belgian Trappist yeast provides a variety of delicate characteristics on the nose and on the palate, and they are correct in all of those descriptions. This is, the sweetness is just coming through. It's not super sweet. Hey, as we always say, if we're at a barbecue and this is all they're serving, which I don't know. You know what? One of these days I'm going to have a barbecue in the winter so I can serve just beers like this and we can all <laughs> like have a little like patio heaters and, and, and just do that. But if this was, if I was at a barbecue in the winter and this was all they had, even in the summer, I'd be really happy if this was all they had. This is a very nice beer. Sean? Um, yes, this is very nice as well. This first lager, it's it's um, it's deceiving because it says lager, and that makes me think of. It, I, I tend to not drink lagers mostly because where I'm from, the England is uh, everyone drink, lager is the most popular beer. Everyone drinks lager, and it's usually like Foster's lager, Australian lager, or um, something similar mm. like Carling or you know um and it's all kind of crap and doesn't taste very good and it's just like ugh. but this is deceiving this i wouldn't if i was to taste this i wouldn't call it a lager it, it's a german it's a mm -hmm. german style lager it's a pilsner it's a munich pilsner God, and, it, yes. and it tastes it's very toasty and it's very flavorful um, right, right, right. as a lager and it's 6.1 percent so it's a little more you know it packs a little more punch than your regular lager so mm. it's actually it's a lot it's a lot better than i expected it would be i mean i've had a few trogues and the, they're pretty good i've never There's a good brewery, had a bad yeah. one mm -hmm. yeah. it is very tasty and it's nice. a good yeah okay and andrew why don't you give us a uh, some info on your ipa guy well it's so far i'm i'm enjoying it um First impressions are good. It's definitely, it's definitely an IPA. It tastes like that. Um, I'm trying to figure out. There's something different about it. I can't, I can't put my finger on what it is. Um, I'm reading, trying to read about it on the back of the can here, but it doesn't really say much. Um, but I, I told this to Tomo before we started recording, and uh, I feel like this is just a fun tidbit. They have on the back of this can a music pairing. To complement the, the the beer, so if you are drinking uh, the change rotating DDH IPA from Warhorse, they they advise you to pair it with James Brown's Funky Christmas. So that's pretty exciting. 
That's that's a hell of a way to kick off the Christmas show is with James Brown's Funky Christmas. Right. I, honestly, I can't think of a better way to kick off a Christmas episode. Also, the horse or the Grinch fella that's on the can, it appears he has a cigar in his mouth. And we are celebrating Christmas. So uh, smoke them if you got them, boys. Nice. Another what's going on here first. Young Andrew's going to be stogieing it up in the corner like he's freaking Joe Pesci in, in, in Goodfellas or something. Look at him go. Oh, look at him go. Oh, he's puffing away contentedly, folks. Oh, and I almost forgot the main point of counting down the movies that our fans uh, uh, suggested. If they, if we pick the movie that somebody suggested, and that's the winner of this countdown, they win a brand new What's Going On Here t-shirt that we have the podcast. Look at that, people. That's a good-looking T-shirt. I'm you got all of our beautiful faces on one All shirt. of them are on there. And there's a little, like, tramp stamp WGOH in the back there for, for those of you that like to look from behind. So there you go. Great. And for those of you that want, if we get enough uh, 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 requests, we might have to set this up as a merch item, and you guys can just order it. So We just might. So we let us might. know. So let us know. Yeah, if it's popular enough, we'll do that for you. So anyway, all right. So we got our first beers going. Let's go to our first bracket. Uh, where shall we go? 80s, 40s, 20s, 40s, 2000s, or 90s? Let's do I one think... of the. Oh, go ahead, Sean. I was just going to say, why not do the 40s? I don't know, like go just chronological or something. Okay, well, well, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll do we'll jump around. Uh, first, let's establish, I guess, maybe some rules for the countdown. Like, what exactly? Because right, the big the big argument, like tons of shows have done it this year. They try to discuss why or why is it Die Hard a Christmas movie? Right. right. So, right. And, and I feel like a lot of these movies that people talk about as like the seminal Christmas movie. They're not. They're about something else. Mm. Um, people complain about Die Hard. My opinion on it is like, look, Die Hard, he came to visit his wife for Christmas. And they're saying like Christmas just happens to be the time of year that it's happening. Well, no, Die Hard, he was at a Christmas party. He came for Christmas. They played Christmas music in the movie. I, granted, it's Run DMC's Christmas in Hollis, Queens, but it's still Christmas music. I think that's a solid Christmas movie i think you if you look at if you look at it's a wonderful life that's basically a movie about a guy going through depression and somebody giving him basically like look your life is really good you 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 should think about it in a positive light it didn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily very christmasy or am i missing something in 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 the the movie ties up at Christmas time and the whole right. ending and the conclusion of the film is all wrapped around Christmas, but it's a, it's like a two hour long or two and more two plus hour film. And it's not until the end that it reaches Christmas. So yes, it's a, it's a Christmas movie, but much of the movie is not framed around. Well, Christmas that, time. But that's what I'm saying. It's not really a Christmas movie. It's a movie that again, like Die Hard, coincides at Christmas time. It's a movie about depression and, and, you know, like evaluating your life choices. If it's anything, true. it's a it's a movie about you the need for therapy. In this case, he's just I, what his life. I would say that Batman Returns is more of a Christmas movie than It's a Wonderful Life. Well, I mean, there's there, that's that's my point. There's lots of these movies that 
uh, Christmas in Connecticut, perfect example. It has nothing to do with Christmas really, except for they're at Christmas and she's trying to fool her publisher that she's actually a good cook and lives on a farm and it's all a facade. You know, um, I mean, even, even like the Christmas Carol, you know, Scrooge and whatever. And so I guess the underlying point of it being a Christmas movie is that there's hope, right? That's what I'm thinking. There's, you, you have a feeling of hope that John McClane is going to come through and save the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you have a feeling that, that, that the woman in Christmas in Connecticut is going to be able to pull this off and save her job and fool her publisher. You know, you have the feeling that you want Jimmy Stewart to look at his life in a positive way. Um, yeah. All these movies, like you, everything is about hope. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is hoping he can get this toy for his kid, which, and we're going to get to that. So I think basically as long as there's an underlying, I suppose, uh, 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 um, feeling of hope, it qualifies. And I think all of these here yeah, I think for that. They all have that and they all take place, at least the uh, a significant part or the most important part of the film takes place at Christmas time. Because if it's actually going to be about Christmas, all of these movies should be about Jesus being born. Right. Right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that, that's what these movies should be if it's a Christmas movie. And for the record, we didn't necessarily, um, we didn't necessarily tell anyone who submitted these films uh, any speculation or any stipulations, I'm sorry. No. As for what it had to be. We did have, and I believe this came in after we already had our first 12. We did have a, a good friend submit in uh, Dumb and Dumber as a Christmas movie, which um, which that I think was pushing it. Uh, anyone who's seen Dumb and Dumber knows Jim Carrey's character is named Lloyd Christmas. Um, but it does, that's it. No, no, no. That's a big no. <laughs> so that's where we drew the line. Yeah, but yeah, everything, yeah, 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 everything yeah. in our list, everything in our uh, our brackets today. Yeah, 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 yeah. We because, are counting as a Christmas movie. Because yeah, that's pushing. <laughs> because then why not submit Three's Company as a Christmas TV show? Because her name was literally Christmas Snow. Chrissy was Chrissy Snow was Christmas Snow. So yeah, no, yeah. We, we're just that's grasping for straws right there. Like, like you said, Sean, Batman Returns is 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 more of a Christmas movie than Dumb and Dumber. It, well, the weird thing is about Batman Returns is it actually really is a Christmas movie. <laughs> like you forget, but like the whole backstory with the Penguin and like he's like at Christmas and he's abandoned, and I think it's, it's Christmas when he's abandoned, and Max Shrek is making money at Christmas and all the goons are like Christmas goons and everything is the it's all that it's all very Christmassy, the whole movie. Yes, it is. I agree. I agree. And and I have to say, I can't wait for people to see this. I have to post we have to post episode eighty-eight on, on YouTube as well. Uh, I have to do those edits. But this edit is gonna be really mind blowing because Andrew's really going for it with the smoke. This motherfucker is reenacting like a, a, a civil war or something and it looks like it's all coming into my face and then it just magically disappears it's it's really really something i'm, I'm really enjoying it uh we lost sean for a second there okay so um okay so let's start with a christmas in connecticut versus it's a wonderful life opinion all right gentlemen well i have to be completely transparent which <laughs> is that i've not seen a christmas in connecticut 
Okay, fair um, enough. And I'll, I'll give I'll give a little bit more on that, but I do need to, in the spirit of transparency, I also need to give one other disclaimer, which is that "It's a Wonderful Life" is one of is not um, excuse me is my favorite Christmas movie, and is also I, one of my favorite movies. Period. Okay. Um, so, on the Christmas in Connecticut note, I did, however, try and watch it. It wasn't streaming on anything, um, but I did go on YouTube and find clips of it that I was able to watch. And I read the full synopsis. The reason being is because I wanted to give Christmas in Connecticut a fair chance because I knew it was going up against my favorite Christmas movie and I didn't wanna, I knew I was gonna pick It's a Wonderful Life over Christmas in Connecticut, but I wanted to, to give it its fair chance before saying I was picking It's a Wonderful Life over it. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the whole thing because of timing and because they didn't have the whole thing on YouTube, just clips. Um, but that's that's just my disclaimer before we we dive into this. Okay, fair enough. Sean, any disclaimers? I have exactly the same disclaimer, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is I had not seen Christmas in Connecticut, and then the second I saw it was up against this one for life, I realized that there was no fucking point in watching Christmas in Connecticut <laughs> because it was never going to win. And I don't. I know nothing about. I. I'm. I'm worse than Andrew, and in I didn't even bother to look at the synopsis. I don't know anything about what Christmas in Connecticut. The only thing I could surmise is it's like a funny, like wordplay movie where it's like Christmas in Connecticut. It's kind of like lasagna no. on the floor. <laughs> like it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like so, I. Would it be lasagna in a lounge? <laughs> I mean, if you go in alliteration, what? How did lasagna end up on the floor? Because Conne- he's saying Connecticut is awful. Oh, having to spend it. your Christmas in Connecticut is as bad as your lasagna hitting got the floor. Got it. Got it. I think. Right, right? Well, is that what you well, mean? It, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. All right. Uh, so, so well, in terms of that, in, in terms of that, so I saw It's a Wonderful Life probably when I was 11, and I was bored out of my fucking skull, or I was 13 because I was just like. Why is this guy fucking moping? Oh, and it's a black and white movie? I really don't want to see that. <laughs> so my memory of it is really blurry, in full disclosure. I watched Christmas in Connecticut the other day, and I was thoroughly entertained. It was a fun movie. And the reason why it was actually a fun movie is to see the cultural attitudes of the characters in 1945 versus today. And... I mean, we could really just do a whole episode just on that because, like, the way they were talking about getting married, and then they, she decided to marry this guy of the, her friend who proposed to her over the years. She's a successful um, columnist for like a big publisher, and she basically writes all these recipes that the entire country loves. And she pretends she's she's a cook, and she lives on a farm in Connecticut. That's like part of the column. She's just a woman that lives in Manhattan. And her good friend runs a restaurant. He's a Hungarian guy, Felix, who's a total queen, by the way. Like, this movie had to have been scandalous when it came out. I, I, I'd love to find someone that, that that seen it, like, that was around at the time to see what the reaction was to the movie. But it was Barbara Stanwyck, and, and I forget who, who the, the, the names of the other actors. But it was well acted. Just their attitudes towards marriage. It's like, well, why don't we get married? Okay. And then they get a judge and it's like, yeah, let's get married. And that was it. And it was weird, like, thinking about, like, all these, like, Bridezilla shows and all this shit. And you got to spend, you know, 
$300,000 on a fucking wedding. And, 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 you know, like, what was it? One of the guys at work, his fucking wedding cake was $3,000 like 20 years ago. I kid you not. His wedding cake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm just like, I was just fascinated with that. That being said, it's a wonderful life. I read up on it to remind myself of it. And they talked about the scene where he's in the bar. And he says, I'm not a praying man. And they were talking about like Jimmy Stewart did that in one take. It wasn't in the script for him to cry, but he had like literally just come back from the war and he was a wing commander. He was a air, air, he was a pilot. And they said he, he basically just like, you know, he was basically going through PTSD. And of course he's part of the silent generation. They don't talk, you know, it was like, they, they didn't talk about anything. You just sucked it up, you know, stiff upper lip, et cetera, et cetera. You just went on with it. And they said he did that and he cried and they were just like cut. And he had to, like, he went and he composed himself and then went on and they were just like, that was just amazing. Like the, that bit of acting. And interestingly enough, I guess because it came out right after the war, everybody was fucking depressed. This was a super depressing movie. Now it comes out at the end that it's all, you know, he realizes he's having, he has a good life or whatever. But that movie critically and financially was a flop. Yeah, big time. Flop. And nobody watched it. It was just buried. And it wasn't until 1971, I think. think, uh, Right now, NBC owns the rights to it. But in 71, like the TV stations were like, what the hell are we going to play for Christmas? And one of the TV stations was like, let's put this freaking movie. It's free anyway. Let's put this. And that's literally when that started as a Christmas tradition and started as a Christmas movie. Before 1971, nobody thought this was even a Christmas movie. Yeah. So yeah, um, it was kind of a... in light of all of that, and, and like I said, I, I definitely want to see it just to, to watch it again um, as an adult. Um, in light of that, if you guys want to go with It's a Wonderful Life, and, I, and, I mean, and honestly, I was thinking beforehand with It's a Wonderful Life, I almost wanted to disqualify it from the list because when you ask anybody that watches movies, my guess is 95% of people are going to say it's a wonderful life is the best Christmas movie of all time. Yeah, it is. I mean, one thing too, this is again, me being transparent people that you guys know this and anyone who's ever listened to this podcast that I've been on knows how much I love movies. I'm not a big fan of Christmas movies though. I'm really not. Um, and I love Christmas too, but Christmas movies, most of the time, I just don't feel like they really work for me. They're just They're cheesy. Schmalzy. They're just, They're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a wonderful life, like pull Christmas out of it entirely. I mean, right. it's still a part of the movie, but let's, let's take that factor out of it on its own standalone is just, I think just an amazing, just beautiful, beautiful film. Um, and I really think even after this Tomo, if you ever get the chance, you should go back and rewatch it. Cause I can, of course, if you watched it when you were, when you were a kid, it would have been boring and this and that. I, it's, um, it's one of my mom's favorite movies. And when I was a kid, she was always like, we should watch this. And she had the VHS and it was this black and white movie. And me and my brother were always like, Mm-mm, no, we don't want to watch it. We don't want to watch it. And then when we were, I don't know how old, maybe when I was 15 or something, we finally sat and watched it with her and we loved it. And we watch it every Christmas now from that year on. Yeah. Um, it's just a great movie. I think it's um, just to, to, for, for me personally to give my opinion and context on it. I think just the story of like this man who's working hard and kind of has a dream. And I think all of us when we're young have this dream that 
we're going to go and travel the world and blah, blah, blah. And he ends up kind of falling into just a regular life. He finds life. Yeah. He marries the woman he really likes. He has kids. He he has a job. He's good to people and this and that. But he never gets to travel. He never gets to see the world and everything else. And that's why that's why, you know, he's he's depressed at the near the, the climactic part of the film. And what he ultimately realizes and comes to realize is that even though he hasn't done all of those things, he's blessed by so many other things that he has. And um, that's sort of the culmination of the movie. And I think part of what ties it into the, the whole Christmas spirit there. So that's, that's I, it. Like I said, I'm, I'm fine with like, it's a wonderful life going on here, but I would really highly suggest uh, Christmas in Connecticut because it's just a fascinating study on just the cultural norms and how much more prudish we became since the yeah. like it, it looks like a fun movie amazing. that the clips I've seen and what I and and reading about it I really do want to watch it it, it looks like a lot of fun it, it, um, you this is I mean the behavior you kind of expect it to be a little bit like gone with the wind behavior in like terms yeah. like what the norms are like the social norms the associations between men and women and it was so not and uh, I'm watching it with Annie, my wife, and she's like, this movie had to be scandalous back in the day. And I'm just like, I'm guessing not because like a bunch of these movies came out the same way, just like certain things. Like, like I said, I would love to talk to somebody who was more or less either a young adult or a teenager at the time to see what the perspective was. But it is really, it's eye-opening to see the differences in what the norms were. Yeah. Like, like the 60s, with all the sexual revolution, the 60s were way more repressed than, than, than the 40s. Like literally, when you watch just the way they behaved and like, like I said, the relationship between men and women, it was just kind of like, what? whoa, really? This is what yeah. was going on? So yeah, I would highly recommend it. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life, but I, I would highly recommend A Christmas in Connecticut. You, you should, yeah. I. You would not be disappointed if you if you find the time to watch *It's a Wonderful Life* over Christmas. It's just a great. It's just a. I like Andrew. Um, similar but later in life, it was one of those movies. My dad always said like, "Oh, it's a wonderful life," and I was always like, "Oh, fuck that!" Like, nah, nah, nah. And then it was just on the lot. In fact, I think it was the last time I I was in England for Christmas, and we were over there. And uh, my dad put it on like he always sort of would do. He's like, oh, it's wonderful love is on. He just stuck it on. And then he went elsewhere in the house. And I was just left in the living room. And I was like, on my phone or something. And it was just on. And, you know, I sort of was half watching it. And then I found myself watching it a little more. And then, and then before I knew it, like half an hour had gone by and he came in. And I was just sitting there watching. And I was like, this is a fucking great movie. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I know, and I'm like, I really, I really love, like, really like this movie, and um, and then I, I watched it again the next night with my wife because I was like, we need to, you need to watch this movie. I it, it, it and Kane is like this, I think, in that it has this stigma for our generation. It's black and white. It's a classic movie. It's like everyone should watch it. It's there are certain dodgy, movies. Yeah. There are certain movies that don't hold up you know like metropolis or like whatever there are a whole bunch of these classic mossy movies that don't really hold up and they're right right but it's wonderful life and citizen kane and casablanca are three movies that 
anybody who enjoys movies can sit and watch now mm-hmm. and will be like, wow, like that yeah. holds up today. That's, a, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, very good. Well, you know what? Christmas in Connecticut was like that because I thought it was going to be like schmaltzy and cheesy and whatnot. And I would like Annie and I were both thoroughly entertained with like big laughs. It was a comedy, really. They call it a comedy drama, but it was just like a romance. It was like if it was done in the 90s, it would have starred Meg Ryan and Matthew McConaughey or Tom Hanks or, or some, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. rom-com. That's I'm surprised what, they didn't do it. I mean, because uh, they, they remade it. They, they remade, remade it twice. It in... Oh, they, they did, did it twice? They remade it. Uh, uh, There's one with Chris Christopherson was the stud. Uh, in in that in the remake, I think that came out like in the late seventies, early eighties, and then I think they remade it again in the nineties. Let me see if I can. Hmm. Yeah, so no, it's there a wonderful a... life. Is Nick Cage Family Man is basically a remake of that? Oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Nick Cage movie. No, I'm seeing a, a nineteen ninety two remake. Okay, see. with Chris Christopherson. Let's see. Uh, romantic comedy directed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? And starring Dean Cannon, Chris Christopherson, and Tony Curtis. The Arnold directed Re- the remake. What? what? I have to go watch uh-huh. that then. What the hell? I guess so. Did we clarify that when this film was submitted, that they meant the original and not the 92 Arnold Schwarzenegger well, remake? No, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. It was 1945 with Barbara Stanwyck. It was, okay. our, it was friend of the show Matt Provenza who suggested yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Matt. Yeah, Thanks, shout Matt. out to Matt, absolutely. Follow him, talented actor, uh, 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 sc- screenwriter, at Matt Provenza. On, or is it at Matt Provenza? I think it is on Instagram. Anyway. Can, and we should, we should also say It's a Wonderful Life was submitted by Carrie Patrick Martin, a, a friend of this show. A absolutely. Fellow, fellow filmmaker who I've known through the years. Um, so shout out to Carrie as well. Thanks, Carrie, for submitting. You're not getting the shirt, goddammit. This, this movie's not winning. I don't care what both of you say. This movie's not winning. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. So It's a Wonderful Life goes on in that one. All right. That's it. It's in that bracket so then we go we skip ahead to the 21st century with how the grinch stole christmas versus elf and oddly enough this kind of came up <laughs> um in the last episode because this is a ron howard directed movie with- well that's right both of these things came up in the last episode because the- ron howard the- versus favreau yeah <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's Ron Howard versus Favreau. So it's How the Grinch Stole Christmas in 2000 versus Elf in 2003. And it's weird because Jim Carrey kind of went from being top of the heap to one of these guys that was just overexposed. Yeah. And then he'd have a couple of like independent odd things. And I think it was, I think it was me, myself and Irene that kind of brought him back because he tried to go like all serious. He had um, Ed and um ed tv i mean um and and of course oh, um, everybody panned and um what was the one Spotless the, Tru- the truman show right the tr- uh, no, truman that's show. not ed tv the truman show sorry yes yeah that was 99 i think that was the year before oh yeah. okay yeah. so so i mean he's one of the guys that you know the interest in him has gone up and down 
Dumb and Dumber being like the one that everybody like praises. But um, I enjoyed both of these movies. I'll say this. Now, what throws me a little bit against Elf is because last year I did the production of Elf with Growing Stage Theater, and the musical is like way better than the movie. A lot more interesting to me than the movie. It really, really is. It's just a lot more fun, I thought. I mean, and part of it has to do with the singing and the dancing and all that stuff. But I thought the musical was more fun than the movie. Uh, Will Ferrell is great in it. Uh, I thought, like, the direction was great. Uh, uh, what's her name? Zoe Deschanel was fine. James Caan, to me, is actually the, the shining star in this movie. Just playing the, like, dad that's just like, what the, what, what, why? It, he was great. And I don't understand why Hollywood hasn't used them more as a straight guy in these comedies. Like De Niro went into it, and I was just like, I think James Caan actually is even better as a deadpan guy than he De Niro. Was, he's done a couple. He was in that movie. Did you ever see that movie, Mickey Blue Eyes? No, I don't. Oh, it's a funny movie. It was Hugh Grant. I only just remembered it. I, it's, it's Hugh Grant coming off the back of his Richard Curtis movies, breaking right. into Hollywood. It was a spoof on the mafia. It was yes, like yes, it was yes. the same sort of time. Analyze that came out. Yes, Analyze yes, this, yes, yes, like, yes, yes. And he, he played this guy trying to break into the mafia. And James Khan was like the, the mafioso, Godfather the, guy, the, the capo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, in terms of that, I would my pick is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Actually, I thought that was a better executed movie. And again, we're talking Favreau versus uh, 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 Ron Howard, but I thought How the Grinch was actually. Elf had a little bit of the quality that Jingle All the Way has, where it was geared very much towards kids. Like, kids will get Elf, and I think that's one of the reasons, and I was telling Andrew this, Sean, before before you came on, um, when I did the play, the kids in the play, the kids, they're all, like, you know, young people in their 20s, whatever, were outraged that I'd never seen Elf when I did the show. And I was like, I, ne I never saw the movie. And it was... I might as well have said that Santa Claus just shits in a bag and throws it at people like a spider <laughs> monkey. They fucking freaked out. It was just very funny, the whole thing. Yeah. So um, it is the, I can say anyone who is younger, anyone who is certainly 20, I don't know, I say like 23 and younger, their favorite Christmas movie, unless they're like a film buff, is going to be Elf. It is well, the, I mean, Number what one year did Elf come people. out, though? I feel like it's actually Elf, probably a little older than that. Even 2003. Sure. No. 2003. Like, That's 17 thinking. years ago. Yeah. This was, yeah when, this was when Will Ferrell was literally putting out like movie after movie, like when he was yeah. like, show for Saturday Night Live. And this one was submitted actually by my friend from work who is my age. So this this is her favorite Christmas movie. I will, I will, I will, come, in, I will come in in defense of Elf a little bit here. Um, I actually, I, I really like Elf and I, I saw it, I think I saw it maybe a year or two after it came out. I remember when it came out, I was, geez, I don't know what, where I was, eighth grade, something like that when it came out. Um, and I can remember all the kids in school talking about how funny it was and this and that. So I didn't see it for like another year or two. And I remember the first time I saw it, I think I was like at a friend's house and like, I think I fell asleep. And I remember being like, this isn't even that good. I don't know why everyone's so funny. Was this friend so adult, funny. by the way? I'm sorry? Was this friend adult, by the way? That you adult? Yeah, was it an adult friend that you fell asleep at his house? 
I didn't have adult friends as a child. I don't know if you did, okay. Tomo. But, just just uh, checking, just that's checking. A bit bizarre. Um, but anyways, I, I don't remember when I finally really saw it. It was quite a bit after kind of all the hype. And I actually really like Elf. I feel like it's there's something about it. It's just like easy to watch and it's funny and it kind of ties up nicely at the end and it's really like kind of it's, makes for like just a fun Christmas movie that's easily watchable, but it's also not, it's not like in your face obnoxious, like trying to be, it tries to be funny mm. at times, but it doesn't try to be like too Christmassy, if that well, makes sense. It's, it's, this is a fun movie, don't get me wrong. It's like a fish out of water tale, just yes, with a yes, Christmas absolutely. spin to it. It's so. like Splash. It's like, Ron, it's like, it's like Favreau's trying to do Ron Howard. Yeah, so like, yeah, you're yeah. right. That's, that, that's a great analogy. Yeah. This is a fun movie. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't think it's a good movie. I had a lot of fun with the movie. I love the whole scene with Peter Dinklage. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, um, I thought it was a fun movie. I just thought in, in terms of just movie making and, and just like, even though How the Grinch Stole Christmas is like a Dr. Seuss book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Carrie, this was as close as Carrie was going to get to the mask again. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. like, just amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was as close as he was going to get to the mask. And I thought just in terms of production value, you know, there's all these sets that had to be built, the Whoville, all of that. You did get transported into a different world. And that's why I yeah. did to How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, I was, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the no. Grinch. I remember when I was a kid and it came out and I think the, the prosthetics and the set design and everything like that is really great. I would I would lean towards Elf myself, but that's um, fine. That's fine, I'm not, Sean. I'm not against I, Sean. Man. I love Elf. No, I love Elf. Elf is great. I I think it's funny as we're talking about it because I think for my own per I love Elf, but for my own personal tastes, I funnily enough, I think if you switch the casting on the movies, I would prefer that movie. Like I would love to see Jim Carrey as Buddy the Elf. And I and I'd yes. love to see Will Ferrell as the Grinch. Yes, and I feel like if you'd have switched yes. them, it would be it would make for me. It would yes, have been no, I. You know what? I never thought of that. You're absolutely right because Jim Carrey is always funniest when he's the fish out of water. Mm. You know, um, it's the Ace, Ace Ventura kind of like. Ace Ventura was fish out of water. Liar, liar, fish out of water. Fantastic. It was just like. You know, something cool. He's just, when he's a regular guy that something super kooky happens to, that's when he's great. Um, me, myself, and Irene, perfect example. That was, that worked so well because, again, he was the regular guy that something absolutely kooky happens to, and he carries that so well. And I think you're right. If that casting switched, I think that, I think, funnily enough, I think both movies would be that much better with that casting switch. Mm. Yeah, that, which that's what I was thinking. And it's it's just weird that that, and it's funny to think about that. T- you know, the two thousands or whatever. And for my money, a better movie. Well, for, in Britain, by far the most popular Christmas movie is Love Actually. People mm. go crazy for Love Actually, and Richard Curtis, who made Love Actually, his favorite Christmas movie is Elf. Because I've heard him talk about it. But he, um, but for my money. For that era, the 2000s, the best Christmas movie, I think, is Bad Santa. I love that oh, movie. Oh, yes. No one, no one nominated that. I can't that. believe no one submitted that, actually. I'm, I'm surprised. Bad Santa, yes. yeah. I love Billy movie. Bob Thornton. So, all right. So, so, Sean, you're going with Elf? Yeah. Andrew Elf? Elf. 
All right, two to one. So Elf it is. All right. So I'm done with my beer. Who's ready to rate their beer? You guys ready to rate your first beer? I'm ready. All right. Um, why don't you take us? Why don't you take us home there, Andrew? Sure. What do you um, think of your beer? I really like it. You know, you know, you guys know this, and regular listeners will know that I'm a big fan of IPAs. Um, this one is. I still. I'm not sure what it is. It's it's slightly different, but it's not. It's nothing crazy, you know. Um, you know, like when we did the the Bengali, I feel like we we talk we talk about that whenever we talk about IPAs. Now, there's something about that. It was different. It had the little citrus or the the orange or something in it. This feels like it's got everything you want in an IPA. And then, whereas like the Bengali or some of those have something else added to it, it it doesn't have that. So mm. it's like got. It's got everything you want. And then you usually, I feel like I've now come to expect like a little something else. And I don't feel like this has that something else, but it's super smooth. It's got a lot of flavor. Otherwise, um, I really like it. I would, you know, go to the old benchmark. I'd, I'd drink these all day if I could. Um, so with all of that in mind, I would give this guy, I think, a 4.0. Okay, fair enough. 4.0 for the change rotating DDH IPA by Warhorse. Um, Sean, how did you go with your fest, fest lager by Trogues? Yeah, it, was, it was nice. Um, it, it was very good. It wasn't what I was expecting, which is both good and bad. I mean, it was a nice surprise that it was a little more interesting than a regular lager, which I'm not usually a huge fan of. Um, however, it, it, I was sort of looking forward to something being a little sort of lighter and crisper, just mm. for, especially for my first beer at four. I wanted right. something nice. It's a little, there's a little too much complexity in it just for this setup. Right. As a, just a beer, I'm happy. But for me, this tastes more like a Belgian beer than it okay. does a Pilsner. Um, right. But it would, it, no, it was, it was nice. I probably wouldn't drink a bunch of them um, just because it's a little it's it's sort of a strange I don't like my bit it reminds me of Blue Moon in a way in mm. that in that not not Ooh. so much not specifically but okay. more for the feel that it's like it's got it's overly complicated for something that is should be simpler should be simple like if I'm gonna drink a complicated beer, I need I want it to be a really good complicated. beer. Complicated, yeah, or yeah. At yeah, least yeah, yeah. A, like a very alcoholic beer. Like right. if I'm drinking a six percent lager that's sort of overly complicated, it's kind of like, well, why am I? Why is it a why lager? Am I drinking a lager? <laughs> like, right. I don't want that when I drink a lager. <laughs> I feel right, I, right, I want, right, 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 right. You want something easy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's an it's a complicated one to score, but I guess I give it like a three point five. 3.5. All right. Very good. Fair enough. 3.5. And um, my um, Belgian Freeze, this is a nice beer. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, it's easy to drink. Like I said, uh, the carbonation isn't too hard. It's There is a hint of sweet comes through. And... Unlike some of the Belgian doubles and triples, and I'm trying to think, what was the, what was the brewery that had our like highest grade 
that we did. It was like a double Belgian double ale. Um, oh, the Abbey Abbey double ale. Abbey double ale. Yes. What's the brewery on that? I always forget. Um, uh, oh. It's just out of my head. Uh, that ah, I'm a gang. Yeah. I'm a gang. Yeah. Abbey double ale. That is just. Oh, it's not that beer. That's for sure. Um, sometimes they have a a triple Belgian ale. River Horse does that I truly enjoy. That one is a little bit cloy. That was like 11.4%. And that's, I think that's a lot of brewers sometimes make a mistake with that when they try to up the ABVs. It gets to be like almost like sickly sweet. It's like, it's just too much. It's not even, you know, it's like, it, it's almost like a port wine. You don't drink a glass of port wine. That's why they give you the little freaking glasses of it because it's like it's super sweet and it'll knock you on your butt. It's 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 kind of like that. This does a really good job of not being cloying, even though it's kind of like a double uh, uh, Belgian ale. And I mean, we, we, we sometimes talk about like if you want to introduce somebody to craft beer, this would not be it. This is like too complex. Um, this would be almost like when people have like, you know, chocolate covered baking or chocolate covered jalapenos, like here, eat this and you're going to enjoy this. And it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't even like, what are you talking about? I'm not, I don't even like jalapenos. It's a little bit like that. I mean, that all being said, um, I enjoyed it. I think in terms of Belgian ales, it's a really nice job. It isn't particularly sweet. Like I said, at the start of it, when I tried it, I'd be happy if this was at a barbecue and this is all they had, or a party, any party and this is all the beer they had, I'm fine. Um, it's 8%, so it does really have a bit of a kick. But other than that, I mean, it's um, it's it's a, it's a solid beer. I'll, I'll give this a 3.8 for that one. Yeah. All right. So then let's go. So we have a 4.0 for Andrew's IPA, a 3.5, you said, shown for your lager? Yeah. And I have a 3.8 for the Belgian Freeze. Let's go on to our second set of beers, gentlemen. Uh, Sean, right. why don't you kick us off? Um, I'm, going to the, selection? I'm going to the refrigerator. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> because I've made the mistake in previous uh, episodes where I've got my beers ready for ease but then they go warm and then uh, they're not good, so. and then you feel like you're uh, yeah exactly I put all mine in a bucket with ice sure. today Andrew has his in a bucket with ice and I will okay. raise your bucket of ice Andrew with oh, nice cooler right there That's look at That's that good. my Titan cooler with the ice wow, pack wow. In it. so yeah we're prepared so what do you have there Sean I have the Racer Five. Ooh. Yeah. This is the Racer Five India Pale Ale from Bear Republic. Bear Republic. Uh yeah. It is 7.5%. Ooh. It is from Cloverdale, California. Sonoma County Ales. Independent Family Brewers. Um it is the classic West Coast take on the style. Racer 5, go, go, is what they say. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, 
That's okay. Does it have anything on the IBUs? Do we need to look that? Um, it's an IPA. Chances are no. Let's see. Let me hit that up in Untapped. Mm. And while I'm doing that, Andrew, why don't you present your beer? So for mine, I've got Saranac Hoppy Hour Hero Mosaic IPA. Saranac Brewery out of Utica, New York, my hometown. So shout out to Utica. Seemed, nice. uh, seemed necessary to, to get a, a Utica beer in here for, uh, for Christmas time. This is a 7.8% alcohol by volume, 75 IBUs. I don't know uh, if you guys, you guys ever heard of the band Mo? You guys familiar with Mo? No. No, they're, I don't think they're that big, but they're a, they're a band and they play once a year in the summertime every year. They do a show at the brewery at Saranac. So they're like uh, friends of, they're friends of the brewery. So that's why this is Mosaic IPA, not just a mosaic. Uh, kind of got the beer it. they've made for them. Sorry, what is the origins of Utica, the name? What does that come from? Oh, the name of the city? Yeah. I yeah. No idea. I don't know, an interesting name, Utica. I don't know it, what that is. It might be Native American. I don't know if it is or not, but a lot of like all the counties and stuff in upstate New York are all Native American. So yes. I don't know if this, I don't know if Utica is or not. And apologies to anyone who's if it's not in anyone who's Native American, but I know it's in Oneida County and Oneida County is Native American. So I, I don't know. Utica is an ancient city of Northern Africa on the Mediterranean Northwest of Carthage. According to, to, to tradition, it was founded circa 1100 uh, BC by Phoenicians from Tyre. The city declined in the first century BC and was finally destroyed by the Arabs. Wikipedia. So I guess I was a little off there. It's African. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Excellent. Uh, Sean, by the way, I did look up uh, Racer 5 IPA. Also, like like Andrew's beer, has 75 IBUs. Okay. okay. And I have, gentlemen, uh, a Christmas ale by the Great Lakes Brewing Company out of Cleveland, Ohio. This is 7.5% uh, ABV and 30 IBU ale. And... What they have written here on the side, uh, do not open till Christmas, phrased as a question. Whoever coined that phrase obviously hasn't tasted Christmas ales, fresh honey, cinnamon, and ginger flavors. So I'm looking forward to this because this might taste like a cookie. All right, gentlemen, you ready? With We're your ready. Slash can, slash whatever. Here we go. Three, two, one. Beer number two. Ooh. All right. I have my... Oh, this is, this is, oh, look at this. Oh, but this is a nice head. Look at that. Oh, this one, the carbonation is better. Look at that. Look at that little German stein looking delicious, huh? Just going to do a shot in here. Ooh. Color. Oh, nice. Very IP. Oh, very clear IPA. I like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. This is, I think, an even deeper amber color, this Christmas ale. All right. Um... Cheers, boys. Cheers. Well, yeah, cheers. Number two, guys. Cheers. Oh, that's good. That's real good. Oh, this is, yeah. You know what? I, I'm going to start with this one. This is as advertised. 
It's Christmas time. You want some of this Christmas ale. If this is, if you were eating molasses ginger cookies, maybe my wife is within earshot because that's my not so subtle hint for her to make me some molasses ginger cookies. Um, this is, I will eat molasses ginger cookies with this beer. It is, you can taste the, the cinnamon, the ginger, the honey. It's really, this, this is, this will put you in the holiday mood. This is a nice beer. Um, is it, is it molasses ginger cookie like a ginger nut? Have you ever had a ginger nut? I've never like, had a ginger nut specifically. That's a trademark name, isn't it, for a cookie, for a British cookie, isn't it? It's an English biscuit, a ginger nut. It's yeah, like, no. ginger, a like gingerbread? Like a gingerbread no, cookie? It's a biscuit, but it sounds like it might be the same sort of thing. It's like a crunchy, gingery biscuit. No, like uh, uh, Annie, Annie is, what you, what you don't know, Sean, about Annie, is Annie is the queen of baking, ironically enough, much like your mom, because she cannot have anything with flour in it because of her celiacs. Um, however, when she was a teenager, she was in charge of baking, and she's one of four. And her dad is really into sweets, and her mom likes sweets. So she could whip up a batch of cookies in literally a half an hour. And, you know, like literally from start to finish, it'll be 45 minutes and you have piping hot cookies on a stove. She doesn't do it often because I'm not a really a sweets guy. But she makes occasionally cookies for me and she'll make them a little bit less sweet with a little bit more salt in them. But she makes this triple ginger molasses cookie, which is basically like a sugar cookie with molasses in it. And she uses real ginger fresh ginger powdered ginger and crystallized ginger in the cookie so you basically have a mouthful of sweet and hot ginger and it's mm. just these cookies are to die for now the other thing that's to die for is the air around me because i start dropping ass like there's no tomorrow after eating these cookies because of all the molasses in it and all the sulfur <laughs> but that being said um, these are delicious cookies and I might have to go back to the store and get some Christmas ale to have with these cookies. Cause this is a, this is a very, I'm very happy with this beer. Who's going next? I can go short and sweet, which is that first impressions are great. It's a good IPA, but it's got, uh, it's got something else, else going on. It's definitely got like the mosaics often do. It's got the citrusy um flavor and kind of some fruity aftertaste and the fruity mm -hmm. notes if you will mm -hmm. um it's just really good that's all so, i got for now sean your impression this is, this is a weird fucking beer it's this is <laughs> i know i knew this was going to happen because of where i live because of my <laughs> local liquor store it like literally you have rows and rows of like you know refrigerated beers and then they have like the big banners over the top and it says create your own pack like right. you know mix and match for right, x right, amount right. of dollars and you look at that and you go oh and then you realize the whole of the refrigerators is just full packs of branded beer and then the area that they're talking about that is mix and match with single bottles is like there are seven beers and you've never heard of any of them. <laughs> like it is the most random selection of beers that they couldn't sell in multi-packs. So they just took them all out and put them in singles, <laughs> which is, which is what I've ended up with today. 
And they always get you with the cool label because it has a bear on it. And you're like, oh, yes. cool, a bear. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I know. I thought it looked weird. It looked like it, the label looked like someone's uncle had had a go at making it because they were like, hey, I'm, uh, I think I'm pretty good at this. Look, a Risa 5. Woo. <laughs> you know um, what it looks like? Somebody entered a soap. Uh, soapbox derby and decided to make a beer after that that's what the label looks like it's it's just the problem is is like and i believe it like it says you know they've been going since 1995 and they say that they are the like original the classic west coast ipa and i believe them i believe they've probably been making this ipa since 1995 okay and they never changed the recipe and no one was drinking IPAs when they first did this. And then suddenly it got really big and everyone got really good at it. And then the only reason this is around is they were like, hey, we've been making them since 95. And they go, oh, you got IPA? Great. Throw it on the truck. And they're like, they're, and then people like me drink it and go like, fuck, guys, why, why haven't you tried to make it better since then? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> it's... I've I've never had an IPA quite like it. Like it tastes like an IPA. You can tell it's an IPA, but it's just like like a bad IPA. Like strange. It's like no. I guess this weird. is our first victim of the night. Yeah, it's just it's just sort of an unpleasant IPA. It's kind of got oh. a. It, it just tastes a bit off. I'll drink it. <laughs> You know what? You know what this reminds me of the Simpsons episode when they crossed tobacco with tomatoes and they had tobacco, <laughs> and Bart couldn't stop eating it because it was strangely addictive. But he thought the taste was awful. That's what this reminds me of. And his face was all like this brown red. I can't stop eating them. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> here's Sean just drinking this. This is awful beer. I can't yeah. stop drinking it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna drink it, but it's just, yeah, um, yeah it's just such a weird bit. Oh yeah. my goodness! Okay, all right. I, I should have. I should have known because now I'm thinking about it. None of the mix and match beer selections were available to buy in bulk. Like they were all single beer bottles, and they didn't. It, someone had literally gone, no one is buying these fucking beers. Just take them out of the pack and just sell them as individuals. <laughs> Speaking of like odd beers, I have two beers in my in my uh, beer slash my beverage fridge downstairs. My beer is like, it's one of those fridges, like half of it is for beverages, quote unquote, which is soda or beer, and half of it is for wine. So it's a wine fridge, beer fridge. I have a bottle that has a cork in it that's like a lambic that was rated 99 on like one of these like beer things. And then I have a, a 16 ounce can that was rated a hundred. My last beer tonight was rated 98. So I'm looking forward to all of these separate beers, but I might have to like do that. Maybe when I do our, and, and this to, to tell people we might do, we'll let you guys know, but we're thinking of possibly doing a little just like zoom get together. If you're a fan of the show, jump on. And just say happy new year and cheers. And just if you guys want to just yap about nothing in general, we're happy to do that. So I was thinking of maybe popping one of those suckers for that. But anyway. All right. So now that we've gone through our initial uh, impressions of the beers, 
Are we hitting the 80s or the 90s? Go 80s. 80s. Let's knock out all the 80s. 80s it is. All right. A Christmas Story versus Scrooged. I... Okay, so sorry, no, no, sorry, no. sorry. This is the only other one. This is the only other one after Christmas in Connecticut. I have not seen Scrooged, and I am a Bill Murray fan. I see Tomo, if you're watching on YouTube now, you'll see Tomo shaking his head at me. You see Sean shaking his head at me as well. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, okay. <laughs> I have seen A Christmas Story, and A Christmas Story is funny, and it's fun, but I have, I, uh, I have no... I have no hold over a Christmas story, so I'm going to defer to you guys on this one. Okay, I think Scrooge uh, look, it, is like his best movie, apart from Groundhog Day. I think it's well, his best Day. movie. It's his Great. second you know, best I, movie. I, I think you're absolutely well. I've never seen Lost in Translation, so I don't want to. Nah, really, it's, it's fine. Okay, but this what about, not. What about Steve Zissou? The Aquatic Life. Uh, I, I don't. Man. I'm not a huge fan of. Um, of I mean, I, a lot I, of Wes Anderson. I think Scrooge, Scrooge for a modern retelling of a Christmas Carol. Scrooge is a fantastic movie. He's perfect casting. Absolutely, Scrooge. <laughs> Absolutely, that movie is. So, I was roaring out loud when I saw that in, in, in the movies. That was a fantastic movie. But to go back to our youngest member and the one who makes us visually appealing, uh, this was just. This should have been expected because our first two episodes, if you all recall, when he joined us, he wasn't even drinking alcohol because he was doing some "I'm sober for a month" shit, which is just disgusting. I might add. Um, the two have nothing to do with one another. Yeah, of course they do. Because you know what? Nobody likes a quitter. All right. That's that's <laughs> the point here. Nobody likes a quitter. Anyway. All right. So he's deferring this to us, a Christmas story versus Scrooge. Sean, did you see a Christmas story at least? Uh, no. Funny enough. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, you've seen it, no? No. Christmas I thought you'd story. seen it. Oh no, to Tomo and I because when we talked about we talked about this offline, off recording. We were talking about a Christmas story, but that must have been Tomo and I talking about it's um, how it's yeah, funny no, and how it's somewhat racist. That's somewhat. not. It's very racist. In it parts. has its moments. Yeah, it's those are the two movies I hadn't seen. Playfully, yeah, playfully, playfully, playfully racist, as we like to call it. It's, Wait, so you haven't seen one of these movies? I haven't yeah, seen I've not. Yeah, I've not seen the so the two movies I've not seen: Christmas and Ganeska and Christmas Story. Oh. Um, Christmas Story does not exist in England. No one has ever seen it. No one has heard about it. No one talks about it. It, it is very American. quintessentially American. Yeah. It, well, well it not only exist. that, actually, Christmas Story is a very under-the-radar Christmas movie. Like, people... It, it, it's almost like... It's like getting into nerddom. Like, you have to be a movie nerd to know a Christmas story. Because they have the classic, and you like you said, Sean, it's very quintessentially American, with a double dog dare, and then the triple dog dare, and getting the tongue stuck to the freaking flagpole in the winter because it's freezing, um, eating Christmas di uh, or Christmas Eve dinner in a Chinese restaurant while the waiters waiters sing, and it's terribly racist right there. Um, Christmas Story is definitely a movie that if you watch now. And if you show it to teenagers, they're all going to be outraged. Like, this is fucked up. You know, <laughs> they can talk about it that way. It's definitely not a movie that will stand up to time. Like we were talking about earlier in the pre prior bracket, 
watching It's a Wonderful Life, watching A Christmas in Connecticut, watching Citizen Kane, watching Casablanca. Christmas Story is not one of those that stands up. It's kind of like watching Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Eddie Murphy's Delirious is hilarious. But when he gets to the freaking the homophobic gay stuff, that doesn't fly today. And But back then, everybody's laughing. But nowadays, people will be outraged by it. But it was funny back in the day. You know, and, and that's that's what the Christmas story is. Scrooged is, like I said, as as far as a modern, and at the time, it, when did it come out? 88. As a modern day telling in 1988, it was brilliant. Um, Bill Murray as a grounded, real, obnoxious, wealthy guy, you could not have cast it better. I can't think of a single actor who could have pulled that off better than Bill Murray, especially in 1988. I can't think of one. The, 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 just the obnoxiousness of it. I, I mean, and it's what made Groundhog Day what it was, was that obnoxious quality that he has that he's just like, oh, fuck off. Like anything anybody says is just shit. So, I mean, of the two stories, I would definitely pick Scrooge over A Christmas Story. And since I'm the only one who saw both, <laughs> he win. <laughs> I win. The man okay. has spoken. Okay. But Scrooge is great. Scrooge is a really good movie. It's a really good movie. It's. It, I would love I to see it, Andrew. You, you said you didn't see it. No. We're recommending movies to each other. See yeah. Scrooge. You're gonna. I re- would like to. Yeah, I actually made my my family watch. Uh, we'll get to this, but I made my family watch Jingle All the Way with me because I wanted to watch it before we did this. Um, oh. And my brother afterwards was like, "What?" that's the only movie you hadn't seen before the podcast. And I was like, actually there's that. And, um, uh, Scrooge with Bill Murray, I didn't see. And he's like, we should have, that would have been way better. Why didn't we watch that? And I was like, way well, better. it wasn't, but we had jingle all the way. We were able to get through Hulu or something. And Scrooge wasn't on anything at the moment. But, oh um, my God. Jingle. All the way. Uh, yeah. We'll get, we'll to, get to that. Yes. All right. So the next one in our bracket is die hard versus national lampoons Christmas vacation. Hmm. Well, it's an easy choice for me. Yeah. If I can start us off. Yeah, please. I just, I might get some hate for this. Mm -hmm. uh, And I don't think it's going to be from you guys. So let me preface that. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. People love that movie. I don't think it's all that great. And I don't know about you guys. Have you seen all of the Chevy Chase National Lampoon Vacation movies? All of them apart from the... The Vegas one. The, Ve- uh, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Vegas, Vegas vacation is is vague for me too. Uh, um, in say. my opinion, and I haven't seen all of them in years. Um, I saw them years ago, but Christmas Vacation was like the the worst one for me. Like yes, I actually feel far. like I feel by like far. the first one, the first one's hilarious. The second yeah. one was was funny, ish. And Vegas Vacation was like, they kind of dumbed it down and made it family friendly. Like it wasn't vulgar at all, but it still was just like stupidly funny. Um, And maybe it's because of all the hype that's around Christmas Vacation. Um, Because people will, people talk about that as just a standalone movie. Like there are people that love that movie that probably have never seen any of the other vacation movies. Um, And that is the one that most people I think talk about, most people reference um, because it's a, a Christmas movie and it's kind of become a Christmas classic and gets rolled into, uh, you know, movies that people watch this time of year. But yeah, for me, it's, it's just 
it's fine, but it's I I don't think it's that great of a movie. Sorry. He never goes okay. on vacation though. Am I right? Right, Out of but they're all like the vacation movies. They literally go on vacation on all the vacation movies. Right, right. Except for Christmas vacation. Well, they're home when, for Christmas. They're home for the Christmas holidays. And the kids so are out of school, so it's like yeah. Christmas but, vacation. But. So it's not a vacation, though. It's, well, it's a staycation, what we would call now. Yeah. Hmm. But you still would say, like, if like like if you're a kid in school right. you would, and you're not in school for a week, that's Christmas vacation, even right. if you're not yeah. going anywhere. Right. And this is famously... I think Johnny Galecki's first big screen credit. Is it? This is before he was even on Roseanne. Johnny Galecki, famously of Big Bang Theory. I don't know Johnny Galecki. I don't never watch Big Bang Theory. Oh, you ever watch Roseanne? Yeah. He was the boyfriend. He was what's her face's boyfriend, the second daughter. John Goodman. Yes, John Goodman was the second daughter. That's he's her. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, anyway, I I mean, like you said, of the vacation movies, I I think I vaguely caught Vegas Vacation on a like on cable TV or something, and didn't pay much mind to it. Of the three prior National Lampoons and European Vacation, I thought. Christmas Vacation was by far the weakest. Um, and I mean, they had the shtick where they kept on changing the ages of the kids and kept that on awful. recasting the kids. Um, European Vacation, oddly enough, is my favorite of the three, but that's because of the very, and I'll tell you specifically why, <laughs> the very um, European-centric uh, 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 storyline, I guess, especially when they were in Germany. I watched this movie with my parents and it was a scene in Germany where he dresses up in, in with the lederhosen and everything. And he goes into the dance circle and they do this dance thing. And I remember watching with my parents, I was a teenager and we're watching it on VHS and they get to that part where the dude like pretends and he slaps Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase is just like, kind of like I am a circle and then decks him and a big fight breaks out. <laughs> and I hear some like choking sounds and I turn around and my mom gets up and runs screaming, laughing to the bathroom because she's about to piss herself. And my dad, <laughs> I've never in my life seen my dad laugh this hard. Never. Now, for those of you who don't know, I was born in West Germany back when it was West Germany. So my parents lived in Germany for a good four or five years. So something like this must have happened to my parents because they were laughing with way too much familiarity where they got into a local German dance and got into a big fucking brawl or something like that. And this that that's the main reason why this movie to me is my favorite because I've never seen my parents laugh so hard at anything in my life. That being said, Die Hard is pretty much the perfect one action movie of all time. Without a doubt, mm-hmm. uh, two, definitely a Christmas movie because all along you're there's at no point that you're not rooting for John McClane. Mm-hmm. There's n- no point that you're not rooting for John McClane, and not only he did that thing that Harrison Ford did so well in all the Indiana Jones movies, wh- which I thought was he didn't really want to be the hero. 
but there was nobody else to fucking do it. And it's like, uh, I really yeah. don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do this. And the way Harrison Ford conveyed that, Bruce Willis was all, pretty much duplicated it in Die Hard in a modern setting. Like, I, I don't, no, this is the last thing in the world I want to do. Because, you know, it was always like the Arnold short, like, I'm going in this willingly because this is my job, like the Sylvester Stallone as Rambo, like I'm doing this, you know, this was always like, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? You know, this is, this is just a, a, literally a move of desperation and Die Hard was perfect. So I'll pick Die Hard over National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation for a better movie any day of the week. I'm with you. Die Hard. Yeah. Die Hard. Die, die Hard's incredible. Die Hard's, it's such a good movie and it's it's funny it's one of those i keep trying to watch my wife's never seen die hard and i keep trying to get to watch it um and it's actually it's it's like andrew said earlier with streaming it's not through lack of trying i weirdly it it it, it just is one of those movies that is never on streaming um you can't stream it anywhere like for some weird reason like netflix or hulu don't have it like because it's, one that it's you have so to damn buy. popular. Yes. Yeah. You have to yes. buy it. And, and, and what's even more frustrating is I own it. Um, I, I have it on DVD, but I lack the ability to play it easily because my, I have a PlayStation, the uh, PlayStation 4, before anyone tries to come looting my house, thinking I have a PlayStation 5, I don't. And, but it's it's set to UK region because it was a UK PlayStation mm. Four, so it plays it plays UK DVDs, DVDs and, yeah. and I have an American oh. diehard DVD. Dude, why don't you go to Seven Eleven and buy a fucking fifty dollar DVD? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it, which is funnily enough, my copy of Die Hard used to belong to Deborah Ann Wall. Um what? Who... <laughs> yeah, what? I Oh Sean, yeah, I think yeah. he dropped I think he dropped something there. <laughs> it's a name. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of DVDs that used to belong to Deborah Ann Wall. Um, did you used to do you have any underwear Kate? that used to belong to Deborah yeah, Ann Wall? Yeah, I mean, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh He's not answering. He's not answering. That's not a no. She, she, she has a thing for British guys. I don't know. <laughs> this is another. This is for the after show. Put a pin in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, um, no, it, no, it's not that. It's a, it was a charity thing. <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, look at you. Yeah, absolutely. It was a charity. Very charitable. <laughs> I've heard yeah. she's very generous, that Deborah Ann Wolf. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, Die Hard, let's, let's, let's rescue Sean here. Die Hard goes on. Die Hard goes on. All yeah. right. So, our 80s first round is done. Gents, how are we with the beers? Yeah? I still got a bit to go on yeah. mine. Okay. Well, in the meantime, while you guys are finishing up, I'll start my final review of Great Lakes Brewing Company's Christmas Ale. This is a very, and I actually enjoy, I don't know if you guys can see it. It's like a little train car with Christmas uh, uh, baubles on it. It's kind of a nice cover. I enjoy it. It's simple, but effective. Um, 
this is a very, very uh, um, celebratory beer. This definitely will get you in the mood for the holidays. I really enjoyed this. It had a nice carbonation. It had a lovely color, as you saw, a nice deep amber ale. Very flavorful, flavorful beer. Again, this is one of those that um, if you've never had a craft beer, this is probably too complex for you, you know? If all you're drinking is freaking Miller Lite and Bud Light and shit like that, uh, you don't want to start with this. Um, and I know that sounds very beer snobby, but it's it's you you can't go from one to the other. It's it's almost like I, I can't even think what to what the analogy is there. Um, I'm a big fan of this beer, and this because we're doing four beers in a matter of a couple of hours. I think like each successive beer is probably going to get better or in this <laughs> case worse. Um, but I really, really enjoyed this beer. I thought um, it's it's an ale with spices and honey. Um, you know, cheers to Great Lakes Brewing. I give this guy a 4.0. 7.5% ABV, 30 IBU. It's There's nothing not to like about this beer. And if I was at a uh, winter barbecue, and this is all they had, like a Christmas barbecue, like I will be smoking, by the way, this Christmas, and you guys are going to miss out, I'm sorry to say. I'm smoking a nine-pound ham from a uh, pasture-raised pork and a pork belly. And I'm making a capon. Thanks for the invite. And unfortunately, it's going to be me, Annie, her sister, and her two kids. So there's going to be, like, enough food for, like, 30 people. <laughs> but there's going to be, like, three adults and two kids. So, anyway. But, um, yeah, this was a very nice beer. Who wants to go next? I'll go. Yeah, this is, um, like I said, it's still, what you know, whatever. It's just such a pointless IPA. I don't know how. I don't know. I have no idea how these beers even. I don't. I don't know how people make money from like just kind of like subpar beers in the craft brewing world. How does anyone make money doing it? Because they sell it in a bar where they only have like Miller Lite and Bud Light, dude. That's how. That's crazy. This beer came all the way from California, and they're selling it in Ringwood, New Jersey. Like, what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, no idea. Uh, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just, I feel bad. I, I, I mean, maybe some of their other beers will be okay, or maybe it's just because we've had so many IPAs, so I've, we've got, I've got such a high standard to them now after having, like, the, yes. the ones we have had. Um, after having Steve Austin's IPA and Bengali IPA. Yeah. Uh, I was, it was so funny because I was almost tapped out on IPAs entirely. Before we did Bengali, yeah, I, I was yes. just bored. I was bored yes. of IPAs. Yeah, we had Bengali, and I was like, "Wow, yes. something new can come along." And then yes. I finally got my hands on the Stone Cold one, and I was like, "Wow, that was." I mean, yeah. Andrew, you had it eventually, right? I did. I did. It, recently. It's, it's an incredible beer. It's amazing. Oh, you know, it, I, I suppose if you put your mind to it, you can really come up with something really nice. So, so what's your grade on that sucker there, Sean? Uh, it, I mean, I won't be too mean because it is an IPA. It's just a bat. It's just not a great one. Um, just I gave be it honest, a, man. A three. Look, 
A three is still average. So it's an average craft beer. I would, yeah, yeah. I, the problem is, is I'm trying, I'm looking it through my own eyes. And we are, even though we don't want to be, we are snobs at this point. We, yeah, absolutely, we, without we a doubt. We drink too much. Yes. But for most, for most normal people that would grab a Budweiser before they would grab a strange craft brew, this would, people would be like, oh, this is a good IPA. You know, I'm sure people would think that. So. I, I, a perfect example of that is, when I started working for Bayer was 1999. Um, and we were at a location up in Walpole, Massachusetts. And one of the guys was like, oh, have you ever had Belgian Blue Moon with a slice of orange in it? And I mean, back then, like the exotic beer was like a Heineken or freaking Amstel. So, you know, you tried this beer and you're like, whoa, beer could taste like this. And back then that was just a jam. And we used to like, go home on the weekend, come up to Massachusetts and Sunday night, we'd meet up uh, every Sunday night and have, throw down a few Belgian blue moons with a slice of orange in it. And that was just like the be all end all of existence. And now we look at Belgian blue moon as we all, it's like, God, this is such just like rote beer. <laughs> and, and that's just what it is. And like we've said, I'm sure if we went back and tasted all those beers that had high grades when we first started, I'm sure they'd go down a couple of notches at this point. Yeah. Because like you said, this is episode 89 and we had, you know, ciders and, and wine and cocktails in, interspersed in between, but beers are, our scale is really just kind of a exponential one at this point. It is. You say that about cocktails. I feel like you could, at this point, you just shove some like just some like vodka and gin in a glass and swill it around, and we'll be like, "This is a five. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but no, I mean, but we did when we did the James Bond movies. We had the Vesper Martini. I mean, was anything better than that? I mean, we both, yeah, Andrew, I mean, so there yet. We looked at each other. And we we're like, "Why would you ever drink anything else?" We like yeah. literally. That's what it was. Such a good cocktail. It was just amazing, and it was just kind of like. Why would you ever drink anything else? And people will ask, why would you drink anything else? It's like, because then you become an alcoholic if all you're drinking is this. <laughs> How James Bond didn't shit his liver out after all these years <laughs> is beyond me. It really is. All right. So you said 3.0. Andrew, what do you got for happy hour hero? Hoppy. Hoppy hour Sorry. hero. Hoppy hour. Oh, I thought it was happy hour hero. Okay, sorry. Hoppy hour hero. Hoppy hour. My, my bad. Um, this is really great. And I actually would love for you guys to have this to see where it would land for you in the in the Bengali and the uh, Broken Skull IPA scale. I, I don't know that it would quite be up there for you guys, um, but I think it would be close contender. Um, it is, you know, I can think kind of like we said with that. It, it's it's everything you want in an IPA, but it's got a little something different that, that sets it apart, um, especially when how many friggin' IPAs have we had or how many IPAs just in general are out there now. And every brewery has got 10 different IPAs now. Right. Um, so the fact that this one's a little bit different, I think really, really goes somewhere. I mean, the fact that it's a mosaic, the mosaics typically have a little bit more of that um, citrus or uh, fruity notes or whatever. And this just has just a real nice amount to it. Not too much. Um, it's pretty bitter, but not overly bitter. It's not bitter just for the sake of being bitter. 
Um, and then, you know, you get the, the fruity notes and the kind of citrus aftertaste, which kind of just like brings it all home. And I, maybe I'm being biased because it's uh, Saranac and from my hometown. Sure. And uh, I, I got love for that, but um, I just think it's really great. So I would put this at, uh, I'd say like a 4.3. Ooh, okay. That's the uh, high score of the night, I believe. So yes. far. So far, so far, indeed. All right, so let's uh, start our next round of beers. Uh, I'll start off. I believe mine is the only international entry tonight, if I'm not mistaken, right? Anyone else have an imported beer for tonight? Nope. No. Yeah. Mine is a uh, Corson Dunk Christmas Ale, another Christmas Ale, very much in tune with our Christmas episode. This is by the Belgian brewery Corson Dunk Brouwerij out of Turnhout, Vlaanderen, Belgium. And this is a 8.1% uh, Christmas Ale with 23 IBU. And in very European fashion, it just says it's a brown ale. That's all it tells me. And then it's just the Surgeon General's warning. That's it. Oh, and it says brown ale refermented. As in refermented, not like refermented. But anyway, that's that's where we are. So now I'm having the course and dunk Christmas sale. Who wants to Andrew, you want to go next? Yeah. I've got oh. uh, Burning Money IPA from Thin Man Brewery out of the great Buffalo, New York. A thin Man or Thin Man? Thin. Thin Man Brewery. Yep. Um, which actually the last time I was in Buffalo, a little over a year ago, and the year before that, I went to both Thin Man Brewery locations in Buffalo. It's a great brewery um, and a great spot. 6.6% uh, ABV and the can, I don't see it anywhere on the can, but I just pulled it up on untapped. And on untapped, it says 65 IBUs. Ooh, okay. All right. Um, did I get my ABV and IBUs? Yes, right? Yes. yes. I think you okay. said, you said 8. the ABV. 8.1% uh, ABV, 23 IBU. I'm sorry if I missed that. Yes. Okay. Sean, what do you got? I have got a porter. That is just called Porter. Okay. Which, oh, I'm very excited. It doesn't it fill you with uh, excitement. Such. I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. From Bell's Brewery in Comstock, Michigan. Um, and it is 5.6% ABV. No IBUs. Um, one thing, I mean, I don't know if this is a uh, telling of uh, Michigan. I don't know if they are a, a xenophobic people. So I have no idea. But I don't. I've never noticed this in any other beer before. Maybe they all say this, but it says at the bit where it talks about how you can recycle and get refunds. It says California cash refund. California cash refund, and then it says. Puerto Rico, do not litter. 
It's like California cash refund, Puerto Rico do not litter. Like it's like saying like we should really put on this bottle to make sure those Puerto Ricans don't litter. That okay. is a little bit insulting, I have to say. I very strange. I've never seen very, that before. That, like, I've never what, seen that either. Puerto Rico do not litter. Alex, can you like fill us in? This is my buddy. Or 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 um 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 um. I'm blanking here. Anyway. Two beers in, and he's already blanking. Yeah, that's well. It's Christmas. What am I going to tell you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right. Cool so, thing. gents, let's give an opening. Three, two, one. go all right let me i'll give a pour for the people oh look at these things you know what on that note i'm gonna run and use the restroom real quick i'll be right go, back go for it oh Ooh. wow look it's at like coca-cola it is look at this Ooh. oh man and then we have to wait for freaking Android and freaking pea-sized bladder. Why do we have to wait for Android? I I'm jealous of your fancy little glass. I I'd be using a glass, but I I think everything's dirty. I'd be using a <laughs> uh, a sippy cup or a just a plastic tumbler. That would so. be amazing if you use just a sippy cup, sippy <laughs> cup for this <laughs> and try to see through the green what color the brew is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So. I can't quite tell, but I think my uh, I think my label is crooked as well, which is not a good sign. Oh. <laughs> you mean they don't pay attention to the detail? Bang! Put it on. Oof. All right. All right. So I haven't tried it, but who calls a porter porter? I mean, come on. That's lazy. That's lazy in marketing. It's like beer. <laughs> like yes. yes, yes. It's like beer. <laughs> yes. It's literally it's literally store brand beer where it just says beer on it. Beer. It's, wine. It's just table wine. Wine, wine. yes, yes. It's, just, it's like it's, is it red or white? <laughs> It's wine. <laughs> it's, it's wine, right? It's vodka. What color is it? It's vodka colored. What do you mean? Yeah. That you. This is that is such lazy marketing. You are absolutely right. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? We'll just have to. Uh... We'll see. What's our next uh, bracket? Will we? Our next bracket okay. is the '90s. Yes, let's let's review that while we wait for Andrew. So we have Home Alone versus A Muppet Christmas Carol, and the Santa Claus versus Jingle All the Way. Home Alone was 1990. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol was 1992. The Santa Claus 1994, and Jingle All the Way 1996. You have seen all of these, I assume. Yes. Indeed. And of course, my favorite impression is 1992 because it is my cocaine. <laughs> right. We haven't done those impressions in a while, have we? Probably not since episode 16 because I don't never do a nude scene because the focus of the story is then on the nudity. Isn't it? 
Sean is holding that thing like a dick in his picture. I don't know what the hell is going on right now. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, let's go, gents. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Beer number I three. Love, I loved listening to your Michael Caine because it sounds like someone who had a stroke who's trying to learn how to speak again. <laughs> he might have. I don't know. <laughs> I, I swore oh. to your mother and father. Oh, that's a nice would, little bird. That's yeah, a nice I, bird. I, oh. I will protect you. <laughs> oh, I have it. I, 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 really... I will not be buried. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> <laughs> what I really love about the American tradition of Thanksgiving is you get to stuff a bird. And on that day, Mr. Wayne, I won't want to. Some people, Mr. Wayne, just want to see the world, the world burn. <laughs> All right. So this, uh, Sean, why don't you start us off, I should say. Why don't you start us off with your third beer, the delicious Porter um, named Porter. This is like naming your dog, Dog. We, we talked about this, Andrew, and we think it's lazy-ass marketing to name a Porter, Porter. Yeah. Um, well, look, and I, I sort of constructed it this way. Um, this is the best one so far, but really, okay, it is. But I think that is just because it's a porter, and I think I, I personally lean more towards the darker beers. Mm. Um, it's my, you know, for from like I guess. I don't know, 17 to 25 or 26, I only drank Guinness. That's all I drank. I was like, going to suggest something playfully racist, but I'm going to leave it alone. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's, I, yeah. I, dark beer is my thing, but I, so all porters taste good to me. Um, stouts can sometimes be a little shifty. Like you can, I've had a bad stout. But porters, I don't know, something about a porter that is just a the, standard yes. coffee, dark chocolate, whatever. That it's just, it's always the base is good enough for me. It hits my palate in a way that I like that. Yeah. In the same way that people that like bud like bud. Like I like that. I just like the base okay. level of a porter. Okay, I, I don't know if I would compare myself to those psychotics, but okay, go, <laughs> do, do your thing. But um, but yeah, it's it it just tastes like a porter, you know. Right. It's not the best one I've ever had. It's, but it's but it's it, nice. Yeah, it's nice. So so far, so okay, so just to give you a heads up, you said so far tonight it's the best one for you. That means yeah. you have to grade it at least above a three point five. Yeah. Later on, but you yeah. you hold that on, Andrew. Give us your impression of burning money. First impressions are really good. Um, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer here, which is that for my four beers this evening, I picked all IPAs, and I got all pint-sized cans. Okay. Um, so now that I'm on to my third one, I tell you what, the first sip I took of this was was really good. And it also tasted 
It still tasted like an IPA, but it tasted very different from the first two I had. Okay. But being that I've been drinking all these IPAs and I have one more to go after this, for the life of me, I cannot tell you how or why it's different, but I can tell you that it tastes different. And when okay. we get to the point where I grade this, Maybe you'll figure it out. I'm just going to go based off of my opinion or whatever I'm feeling in that moment. But I don't think I'm going to have a very nuanced approach to this. Well, you know what? No one can tell you how to feel, Andrew. You feel <laughs> how you want to feel. You can't tell people how to feel. That's it's really good, though. Everyone should. Great. This is Take really good. Actually, this one and the, the Saranac that I had, I would love for you guys to have to like help me formulate what's going on with it um oh, you know both of our birthdays are coming up motherfucker so you know <laughs> hey i'll bring some saranacs back to the city with me Very we gotta good. do Thanks. it if we get a chance to we can sit together in person again and bring a, a whole yes. uh, variety yes, of saranacs we can do that but yes um, I, hey i'm all for it man all right so i will represent europe being a european boy myself Corson dunk uh, Christmas sale where the Great Lakes Brewery Christmas sale was good. It's almost a cliche. It's like, I think this is what they were trying to do. It, it, I, I really do. This is an excellent beer. I, I cannot say it enough. The, the carbonation is perfect. I mean, look at that color. It, it looks like, like Sean said when I poured it, it looks like a Coca-Cola. It does. Yeah. Um, it's so full of flavor. This is 8.1% uh, ABV and only 23 IBU. There's almost no bitterness in this as a beer. Man, if there was a holiday party and this was all the beer they had, man, I would be happy. This is a very, very nice beer. That, I mean, this is one of those, this is one of those that if I brought this to a party and somebody said, this is awful, I would literally crack the bottle over their head and be like, you don't deserve to live because you're a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> this is just a really, really nice beer. This is really good. I love, I lo one of the things I love the most about the analogy of what we say about if this was the only beer at barbecue, what would I think is that sometimes it presents an opportunity for great ridiculousness. Often it's a weird drink and we're like, if this was the only drink at barbecue, we're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what's going on? But in your case, it sounds like if that was the only drink at a barbecue, I would be looking around at the guy hosting it, assuming he's about to rape everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I'm a strange like, it. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. That's why, why are we all being forced to drink this really good, uh, no, strange no. beer? No, we brought this and I up. I feel in the... really very, very, very suggestible right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is, we talked about this and we didn't know this at the time was when we had the, um, <laughs> when we had the martinis, the gin vodka martinis during the Bond uh, countdown. And we said, if we're at a barbecue and this is the only drink they served. And Sean said, what kind of fucking barbecue is this? And now, after time has passed, I realized this is a Jeffrey Epstein barbecue. And this is why everybody's drinking Vesper martinis and everybody's about to get boinked. All right. Anyway. On that note, 
On that note, let's go to our 90s countdown, Home Alone versus A Muppet Christmas Carol. This is a tough one for me, I, oh. I'll, I'll have to say. This is I'll, the I'll toughest start it off. one for me. Home Alone was a really, really good movie. This is one of those movies that was very original, really harkened back to the Little Rascals, you know, when they had like the kids in the movies and Dennis the Menace and all of that. It was just so well done. Joe Pesci, um, I forget the other actor's name, who was the, the voiceover for uh, The Wonder Years. Um, he was also in City Slickers. Why can't I think of his name now? Anyway, Home Alone was really kind of like a genre-defying movie, and they tried to duplicate it. That's why I left Home Someone gave us Home Alone 2 on the list, and I just left it off because I'm like, it's the same movie. It's just in a hotel in New York. And there's nothing different. It's we could only do 12. Right. It's literally Star Wars A New Hope versus Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's the same freaking movie, except one isn't as original as the other one. Yeah, even more so, though, I would say. E but even more so. You you're correct. It's The Hangover versus The Hangover 2, which was the Pretty same much. movie just set in Bangkok or whatever the Ex hell they Exactly. Uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol... And I watched it actually last night. I, I never saw it before. <laughs> I thought Michael Caine's performance in that was really fantastic. Like, really, really good. Considering he has Muppets to act against. Yeah, it's all Muppets. <laughs> it's all Muppets. He, he, he delivered a really grounded, almost Shakespearean, which is funny, it's a Dickensian play, right? But a Shakespearean's performance with the Muppets there. There was nothing, considering the Muppets, and it was funny because Gonzo was kind of the narrator and everything. There was nothing that took me out of it. Nothing made me go like, this is so cheesy. And it was a Muppet movie. It was really just so well done, and he was so grounded and so fabulous in it. I really thought it was, I mean, this was the first time I saw it. I never saw it before. Mm. I, I thought it, this is a movie, this is one of those that flies under the radar. And I think this is one of those, if you have kids and you want to introduce your kids to the Christmas Carol, this is the movie you want to show your kids. Oh, yeah. It is the best. I, I believe it's the best version of a Christmas Carol that's ever been made. I don't. I, I believe Scrooge is that. I believe Scrooge is that. But I love Scrooge. Very I, but uh, uh, here, here's the thing. I believe Scrooge is that because I'm an adult. Going back to, if you're going to show it to kids, you're absolutely right. As a family Christmas Carol, there's none better. There just isn't. And when you look at it, you don't even realize just how many Christmas Carol versions are out there. There's literally dozens of them. Yeah, um, everything. I, I really thought, I, I really, I really thought the world of this movie. I thought it was a wonderful movie. I, I give the edge to Home Alone. Wow. <clears throat> I would. So, I, I have not seen a Muppet Christmas Carol in years. I, I, the last time I saw it, I was a kid. Um, I had the VHS as a young, as a young boy. Um, so I have not revisited it. In a long time, I don't remember that much of it, if I'm being totally honest. Um, what I have revisited more recently is Home Alone. 
which again, I saw when I was a kid, but I revisited it last year, last Christmas when Disney plus came out, it was on Disney plus. I, I watched that movie with, with the love of my life. So Gabs who will eventually listen to this home alone is on this list today because Gabby, my better half has submitted it as her favorite Christmas movie. And I know it is her crazy. It is her favorite Christmas movie. I rewatched it with her this time last year. And for me, being a child of the generation that grew up on that movie, because that movie came out in, what year did that come out? 92? 1990. Yeah, okay. So I am a child of that generation, as is she, and that is why she holds it so close and so dear. And so many people that I know, so many of my friends love that movie and love the second one. Some people, some people go for the second one over that. Rewatching it with her last year, I feel like it's highly overrated. And I don't, and maybe it's me being like, maybe it's, maybe this is me being a snob, a movie snob. Um, uh, maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's me being a movie snob. I'm not, I'm not gonna say I'm, I, I try not to be, I don't think I am, but maybe I am. Because I watched this movie with her last year and was like, man, I think the only reason why anybody still talks about it being so good is just nostalgia because it's not actually that good. So while I have not seen, and maybe it's not fair of me to do this without having seen A Christmas Carol recently, um, based on what you've said, Tomo, and based on the memories I have of it and, and knowing Michael Caine and knowing how endearing the Muppets can be, I would give the edge to, to Muppets over over Home Alone, almost by default, just because of rewatching Home Alone and being so unmoved by it. Sorry, babe. That's that that's that's fair. I mean, yeah, Sean, give us your spiel. Um, I feel similar to Andrew. I think that the um, but it's less. I've not rewatched Home Alone recently. Um, I was one of those that felt like I preferred the sequel, but. I think that's just due to the fact that being from England, any movie that was set in New York where New York was a major character of the movie, whether it's Ghostbusters, whether it's Elf, whether it's this, it it, it just it, it elevates the movie. New York mm. is exciting. Mm. And as a child, and I'm like, wow. And like just a house in Chicago, like, yeah. It, it, it was a little too... It wasn't as exciting for me when I was a kid, the first one, as opposed to the second one, because you've got the skyscrapers and hotel and... Because... And also, when you think about it, the reason people love this movie is because they're thinking... You watch it as a kid, you're like, how cool would it be to be home alone? And as a kid, I'm like, what's cooler to do? To be at your house alone or to be in a hotel in New York with your parents' credit card, like... That's right. way cooler. And there's right, a toy right, right. store. Yeah, that's the reason people hold that movie up is because it's as a kid, you're like, well, that's cooler. Right. Um, but I I feel like I do like Home Alone a lot. I love Home Alone. And I think the reason it's held up to what it is is Macaulay Culkin was one of the first actors that was able to hold a movie as a kid as a kid i think yeah. Haley joel osman yeah, I, well, afterwards I think it, 
it took that. I mean, the the kid, um, what's his name? I forget his name. Henry um, from ET. He was like the quintessential example yeah. of that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But yes, then yes. Haley Joel Osment took that later on, and then like Mara Wilson in the nineties as well. Like kids who just had the charisma to carry a movie. Right. He was. He made that film. He was um, great, especially in, in My Girl. Kiss movie. Did, did you ever see? Oh My yeah, I love that movie. Yes. Yes. He, yeah, he's very good, but I think. For this list, we're not doing our favorite movies or the best movies. What's the best movie out of these? It's the best Christmas movies. Right. And Home Alone is barely a Christmas movie. I think Home Alone 2 is much more of a Christmas movie because it's in New York. And New York is so Christmassy. Whereas Home Alone 1, the only, what's Christmassy about it? Like, that there's Christmas decorations up and there's some Christmas music, music interstitially. It's not hugely Christmassy. Uh, whereas the Muppet Christmas Carol, for my money, is the yes. best on-screen adaptation of A Christmas Carol, which is almost inarguably the classic Christmas story. Um, I know, Tommy, you think Scrooge. I, I love Scrooge, and I think it's probably a better movie than Muppet Christmas Carol. I prefer it. If I had to choose one, I'd probably watch Scrooge. But I think it's not as faithful to the book. Like I re I read Christmas Carol a couple of years ago and I recommend everyone to do it because it's almost like a comic book. It's really cool. Yes. It's a yes. short book. Yes. And it's the characters are because so, Dickens writes with such we, so vivid with his characters. It's like a comic book for the time. We were we were just gifted a, 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 a Barnes and Noble edition of um, a Christmas Carol uh, that our friends gave to us. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, wow, it's great, and I love that movie. Uh, Michael Caine is amazing. He was Muppets, he really really was. Do great, and there's so much that's so and. I, I, I posted on Facebook before, there's a song that was taken out that was in the original, because I saw this movie in the movie, I saw it in the cinema, and then we had it on VHS, and both in the original cinematic release and the VHS, there was an extra song in the movie that they then took out for the subsequent DVD release and the TV releases and everything else that was a song between young Scrooge and his love when he was young it was just a duet there was no muppets involved it was just a romantic duet it was a gorgeous song and it was all about the fact that he you know she fell in love with him and he was young and he was intelligent he was compassionate and it was a song of it's that thing of that awful feeling of like basically when someone tells you i did love you once right and but not anymore like it changed it's yeah. not magic anymore and I just don't love you anymore. Like and it was a song all about that. And that is the turning point in the whole movie. And that's and you they took it out and it's like, oh what'd you do? Because then they sing this song and it's gorgeous and she's telling this and she breaks up with him. And then you see Michael Caine is like that's the point in the movie that where he breaks and it's like Oh yeah. and they're like, There's fucking Muppets and and I'm watching this Michael Caine like being brokenhearted from being dumped when he was in his twenties. Yeah. Oh. I, I mean, I like to, I said, I gave I the edge. I have to rewatch that. I, after, I, I, after gave that. The edge, I gave the edge to Home Alone because I thought it was a little bit of a genre-defining movie. It did they define. Tried, I mean, it defined. They, 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 did, they did try to since then to try and capture, like like Sean said, 
a movie that a kid can carry yeah. since then. Especially something that's so family friendly. The other thing you got to look at too is um, Chris Columbus, who I believe directed, I could be wrong, directed, did he direct Home Alone? Or produce and write it. I think he directed uh, it too. John Hughes. I thought it was John Hughes. John Hughes. I thought it was John Hughes too. Yeah. Pull it up. But Chris Columbus was highly involved in it in some capacity. Maybe he wrote it. Let me see Maybe. if I can pull it up real quick. I don't um, yeah. Home Alone. It was written. It was written by John Hughes. Oh, okay. Written by John Hughes, directed by Directed Chris by Chris Columbus. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Chris Columbus has been involved in. I feel like every Christmas movie that has come out since Home Alone, because they kind of, if any Christmas movie is coming out some way or another, they get him involved because like you said, Tomo, I think it was so like genre defining. Um, I noticed when I watched, and we'll get to this in a minute, I watched Jingle All the Way very recently. Chris Columbus was one of the producers, I believe on it. He's credited it, it, somewhere It was his production there. company that did it. Yeah, 14 um, I watched, I watched also recently, um, with my family, um, uh, Christmas Chronicles with, um, uh, which is the Netflix movie with, um, oh, with, um, uh, I can't even think of his name. I did this last time we were on the podcast. It's because I'm three beers in. Um, Russell. Christmas. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Thanks, Sean. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, Christmas Chronicles with Kurt Russell. Also, Chris Columbus was one of the the main producers on it. Um, so I feel like to your point, Tomo, yes, it was like this genre defining movie. And I think that's kind of what put him on the map. And anytime they've made any sort of holiday family friendly, maybe a little cheesy movies, they get him involved and he's like kind of the person for that. Um, that's, I don't know what I'm getting at here other than just your point to like, it was genre defining. If you look at the films that have come out in years, in yeah. years following yeah. it specifically yeah, yeah, christmas yeah. movies they've all tried to in some way shape or form follow suit from what home alone did chris so, columbus so, is the same as harry potter i think chris yeah. columbus is a classic guy that manages to make a movie that then other people do better than well, yeah I, I i i wouldn't even say that what i would say is in terms of being able to direct kids to give their best performances i think if anyone takes over from spielberg it's chris columbus yeah. Just from looking at the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah. Which is really good. Like the guys doing Stranger Things, I think their talent pool was just so good. Those kids were so good in Stranger Things. You know what I'm saying? And even uh, what's his face? Radcliffe was saying like, my God, if we were able to act like that in Harry Potter, those movies would have been like 10 times better than what those kids were doing in, in Stranger Things. Yeah. So I, I think that's where it is. But um, all right. So... Sean, you're picking Christmas Carol, and Andrew, you're picking Christmas Carol. I am. All right, so Christmas Carol goes on. All right, very good. All right, so uh, next we have the Santa Claus versus Jingle All the Way. There it is, Jingle All the Way, as I was just saying. I just watched this. Um, at the time of us recording this, I watched Jingle All the Way two nights ago, I think, for the first yeah. time. Um, and I remember when this movie came out, Maybe, maybe when it came out. I remember as a kid, it was always a thing. It was always a movie. And this movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and this movie with, um, with Sinbad and always kind of wanting to see it and never, never getting around to seeing it. And um, 
I remember not that long ago, not that many years ago, a few years ago, but when I was old enough, um, movies on TV, being home for the holidays and my dad flipping through the channels and being like, oh, Jingle All the Way with Arnold and, and Sinbad is on. We should watch that. And for whatever reason, we never watched it. So the other night, I had to watch it before we did this. And I, I, I got my family to watch it with me. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad was all on board. He was like, yeah, like I had always wanted to see this. My dad's a big fan of Sinbad. Okay. Um, Likewise, right? so good for him. Right. And we got, I mean, I feel like my whole family was looking at me probably like 20 minutes into the movie. Like, what the fuck did you just put us through? <laughs> yes. um, and I'm trying, I was yes. even like, I was even like giving the movie a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt than they were. Um, and we got, so we bad. got, we got, I think 30, maybe 35 minutes into the movie. My dad paused it and was like, this is pretty bad. Right. And this the whole family was like, yeah, it's really bad. This and, he was garbage. Like, and he was like, you want to put something else on? And I was like, no, no, we got to watch the rest <laughs> of it. And my, uh, you know, everyone was like, nah, it's our, we've come this far. Let's just finish the damn thing. Um, and so we did, and you know, it wraps up nicely at the end. It really kind of ties everything together nicely at the end. Um, and Arnold is like, Arnold should be good in it. And Sinbad is usually good in everything. Right something about this movie i don't know if it's like it's trying too hard it never lands it just doesn't it doesn't work yes and it should because the concept is great like a dad a dad rushing to get a prison a present for his kid like right before christmas and he runs into this nutty guy who's who's played by this great comedian like everything's there i don't know why it didn't work but it just, it really does not work. It's no, so bad. No, no. You're absolutely right. Um, the Santa Claus is one of those movies that was a great original movie, much like Home Alone. Yeah. Where this concept was like, oh, if Santa Claus happens to die in your roof, you're Santa Claus now. And it was just like, what? You know, it was just like such a, just like, like what the hell is yeah. that? It right? was almost like it was almost like a movie that gave you like Santa's origin story, but in a creative way. Absolutely. In like and a modern was, day sense, it was yeah. It really did some cool things. It, it, it was really <laughs> fabulous, and this was like at the height of Tim Allen doing like a bunch of movies and whatever. Yeah. Um, Jingle all the way to me, what it looks like, and like you said, Arnold has great comic timing. For people who don't believe that, watch Kindergarten Cop. There's a reason why that movie was a hit. He is yeah. fantastic. And with kids, he is fantastic. And ironically enough, the kid in Jingle All the Way is the kid who played Anakin, Anakin Skywalker in the prequels. And he is a million times better at acting in Jingle All the Way, which was a much shittier movie than The Phantom Menace, if you can even imagine such a thing. He, he was so much better in Jingle All the Way. He was so much more convincing. And all I can think of is Spielberg has no idea how to interact with children. They are pretty much like... You mean, Lucas, to you mean him. Lucas? Lucas, sorry. Lucas has no idea how to interact with children. They're like fungus to him. Because Lucas has no idea how to interact with actors. Like, yeah. just look at anyone in the prequels. Yes. Look at look it's, some it's, of them are. Exactly. Look at Natalie Portman, an Oscar-winning actress, was trash in those prequels. Trash. I mean, she was in as a what, what was she thirteen when she was in the Professional? 
Oh yeah. yeah she was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah She like was that. brilliant. In She's the incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely. I mean, this is what made her career was the professional. Anyway, so Jingle All the Way to me looks like a movie that they originally intended for the whole family. And somewhere along the way, someone came along and said, let's just make it for kids. Because all of a sudden, it was like, the scenes were just like unbelievable. And they had Phil Hartman, who was the ultimate character actor. You know, the, the tragedy of Phil Hartman dying cannot be overstated. This guy was just brilliant as a voiceover actor on The Simpsons, as just a yeah. character actor. And he was in, um, what is it, a uh, 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 house guest with Sinbad being the main guest, which was brilliant. That's a, that's a very underrated comedy. Sinbad, to me, was one of... Sinbad is what Jim Gaffigan is today. That's what Sinbad was back in the day. And he got just backlash for whatever reason. But I always had the ultimate respect for Sinbad as a comedian. Yeah. I, I thought he was brilliant. I feel like you could say that about anyone in that movie in Jingle All the Way. Like Sinbad, for example, same thing you said about, um, I, I can't think of his name, but the kid that played Anakin. That, like, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the right direction, right? Because like, yeah. I mean, look at, uh, Sinbad didn't, wasn't in that many movies, I don't think, right? But he, like, he's, he's been in actually more movies than you know. Yeah, what comes to mind for me is, um, what the hell was the one, remember the one where he was like the, the Secret Service agent? Yeah, the, the, kid? First kid. the first How kid. How great was he in that? He was fantastic. So the fact, that, the fact that like you get somebody as good as him, or even Arnold, like to your point about how good his comedic timing can be, that it just all kind of fell short in this yeah. movie. Yeah, I like, mean, it was, the first one was actually twins, was when you found out his comedic talent, Arnold. And then like Kindergarten Cop came out, which was, again, a brilliant movie. Um, Jingle All the Way, all I can think of is somewhere in post-production, they decided they wanted to make it a kid movie. Because yeah. ending with the jetpack and all that shit flying around, all of a sudden, like, turned into, as an adult, turned into a fever dream. Like, are we stoned now? What's happening right now? It, it just got so bad and so ridiculous. And even just some of the reactions with the reindeer, like, charging him and Phil Hartman as the horny single dad that all the women in the cul-de-sac want to bang. I mean, it was just, it was just weird. It, it just so weird. It was just weird. I think, I think it was it's so Phil weird. Hartman's last thing. I think it's the last thing Phil Hartman actually did. It might have been. It might have been because it was ninety six. I, I think soon thereafter, his wife killed him. I, I, um, I th it was. I th this is a movie that is sometimes you see movies and you're like, the only reason this existed is because the people, with the money said, we think there's money in this, yes. and I, I remember watching this movie in the movie theater. And I remember at that time, the reason this movie hit home is because at the Zeitgeist, we were hitting that commercial Christmas thing where that year or the year before, it was suddenly the thing of there was a hot toy. And if you didn't get it in October, yes, you wouldn't get it for Christmas. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look even like our 90s movies here, 1990, Home Alone, 92, Muppet Christmas Carol, 94, The Santa Claus, 96, Jingle All the Way. Those weren't the only Christmas movies in that six-year span. You know what I'm saying? It's like everything was towards like the big money Christmas movie. And because Home Alone 2, I'm sure, came out 
like just a couple of years. Home Alone 2 probably came out in 92, didn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 92, 93. Right. So, I mean, you're absolutely right, Sean. I, 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 I believe that it was all like tapping into the Christmas movie zeitgeist. Because is filled with him. 92. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, um, but I mean, having said all of that, this is like, like, and I'm sure I mentioned this on the podcast before, when we left America and moved back to the former Yugoslavia or Croatia, I used to tell all my friends when I was there, there was this fucking TV show that was fucking amazing. It was called The Land of the Lost. And it was fucking cool. And this family was lost in time. And they were amongst the time with the dinosaurs. And there were these things called the slea stacks. And it was great. And I remember coming back seven years later. And mind you, this is seeing it through a 13-year-old's eyes. And I remember seeing in the TV guide that Land of the Lost reruns are on. I was super psyched. And it was on like 6.30 on a Sunday. And I got up. Put it on the channel. I got up early to see this freaking, and I watched this. And I remember just going like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I, and I remember just like, "This is garbage." Oh my god! And it's just like the difference in perception, in perspective, from when you're like six years old versus when you're thirteen versus when you're an adult. And I mean, Jingle All the Way is just that. I think Jingle All the Way was Power Rangers before Power Rangers was a thing. Or just about the same time. You, it was literally parody. You say that it was at, that was the toy. I was trying to think what was the toy that year that yeah. you couldn't get, and it was Power Rangers. Power it Rangers. Was Buzz Lightyear in '95, and then it was Power Rangers in '96. Yeah, where you built up the Power Ranger robot. That was That's the right. toy because the whole the whole playback in the movie was very much a Power Rangers villain. Oh, it was totally Power Rangers, yeah. Yeah, yeah so so that's what it was. I mean, I guess if we were 12 and doing this podcast with freaking Dr. Pepper as opposed to beers, I would have picked Jingle All the Way, but as it is, it's garbage, and I'm picking Santa Claus. Yeah. And, how and did, Go ahead, Sean, sorry. I was going to say, how does no one ever, ever, ever mention that he's Austrian in the entire movie? No one ever says it. Yeah. Oh, and I love this about Arnie movies is because you could read the script and any no one ever ever mentions that he's Austrian in any single movie he ever does. His and, name was like Harold Johnson or something. But, <laughs> but but then at the end you're like he lives in like and literally because the movie I think is filmed in Minnesota because they yes. like film it in little yes. yeah, America, yeah, yeah. which is because I remember thinking this is a really weird setting, and it was in Minnesota. I'm like, how many dads? Let alone anyone in Minnesota has a thick Austrian accent. And then at the end, the kid is like, Turbo Man. They're like, I'm meeting Turbo Man. He's like, he's like, yes, Jimmy, I am Turbo Man. And he's like, yes, this is Turbo Man. He's not like, wait. <laughs> right. Where have I heard that Austrian accent before? Let, let, but, but you know what? That was, that was literally Arnold after year after year after year of just like hit movies. So they had already convinced everybody that a weird accent is not a part of it. Yeah. Their accent is not recognized as anything. I think that's, he's the only buddy. That, he's the only guy that's ever done it. I'm trying to think. I can't think no, of anyone there's, there's to no, the no, level no, no. of Arnie. No, look is, at look at Gerard Butler. I watched uh, what the hell is the movie? Olympus has fallen. Not that long ago with him in it. 
Yeah. Which like he's struggling that whole movie to try and have an American accent. And you're like, just talk, man. Like what? he's a you secret service agent. There couldn't be a secret service agent from it's... that was, you know, originally from uh, Scotland, Scotland or wherever yeah, he's from. Yeah. Like, come on, stop, stop, as just talk. Know, as, as we know, Sean's buddy from uh, 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 medieval times and came to do the reading with the play that we did. And he's British, as British as you can be. And he was in the Marines. And when he walked in, he said, yeah, I was in the Marines. I was like, the Merchant Marines? And he's like, oh, <laughs> a law. And, but he was in the Marines. I mean, people enlist all the time. That's how, It's one of the ways people get into the U.S. is by enlisting in the U.S. military. Yeah. So, all right. So, so we're going with the Santa Claus, yes? Yes, yes. And we should okay. say, we should just say the quick a quick note for the Santa Claus. I feel like we hit on it already, but that is, I feel like that's a really pretty, I haven't seen it in years, but I feel like it's a really, quite a great movie. Um, Honest, uh, honestly, of all these movies on this list in terms of Christmas movies, besides the Christmas, I would even say it's more of a Christmas movie than either Scrooge or The Christmas Carol. I mean, it's about Santa becoming Santa, basically, so. It's a cute movie, and it's got the nice, like, dad and his kids vibe. And yeah, absolutely. It really is a nice movie. Yeah. It is. It really is. It, it's a fun family movie. I think the Santa Claus definitely is yeah. one of the front runners in this list. Tim, Tim and, and again, like, for Andrew, I feel like for our, genera- like our yeah. generation, Tim Allen was like America's dad when he I was, was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so was like anything. Now. No, but, no. But like yeah. you turned the TV on and it was Tim Allen, you know? So yeah, it was yeah. just no, like. No. Tim Allen converted his, his stand-up career into being America's dad. I mean, it was, uh, what is it? Um, tool time? What was it called? Um, home Improvement. Home Improvement. Home Improvement, yeah, yeah. thank you, yeah. Yeah, he was totally America's dad for a long time. And that's why like these movies work. I, I mean, Christmas with the Cranks similarly done with Jamie Lee Curtis. That was a fun movie. Dan Aykroyd was in it. That was a really fun movie. So he was constantly there. Although my favorite of his was Galaxy Quest, without far, without a uh, comparison. That, that's my favorite Tim Allen movie. So yeah. yeah. All right. So our second round is Scrooged versus Die Hard. That's a tough choice. It's a Wonderful Life versus Elf. Not so much of a tough choice. And a Muppet Christmas Carol versus the Santa Claus clause. I think that's a tough choice. Which one do we want to go with first? Let's start. Um, I I would say let's start uh, with uh, Die Hard and Scrooge. Okay. But whatever you guys think. This is the I. I I'll start, and I think both of these movies are fantastic in very different genres um i've still not seen scrooged so I w- i'm gonna kind of have to defer to you guys on this one i mean you know, i i would give honestly in terms of just like this is tough in terms of standalone movies i'll pick die hard any day of the week yeah in terms of christmas movies i'll go with scrooged all right, you guys talk. I gotta use the twelve. I gotta go. Yeah, again. go ahead. Right Considering this is the twelve favorite Christmas movies, just for that, I will I will go with Scrooge and Bill Murray over Die Hard. Just for that. I I I agree with you. I think 
we, you ha- we it's, it's tough, but we do have to draw a line somewhere. Like, this is right. the 12 Christmas movies. Right. And it. Other two, Die, Die Hard is the lesser of the Christmas movies by far. Yeah. And it's not. And, yeah, you know, it, I think what's. It's difficult, though, because at the same time, as is evidenced by Andrew, he is a big Bill Murray fan and yet has somehow never seen Scrooged. Right. Whereas it would surely be, you'd have to think impossible. I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but it it seems like it should be impossible to be a big Bruce Willis fan and to have never seen Die Hard. Like, how could that happen? Like That that was literally his, like, movie-making... Yeah, career making you can't movie. do it. Like Bill, I mean, you can. Bill Murray arguably could would still be Bill Murray without Scrooge. Yes, but Bruce, Bruce Willis would be not be Bruce Willis no, without, no, Die, without Hard. Die Hard. No, in fact, I mean, I I wanted to mention this earlier. When Die Hard first came out, obviously you 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 weren't around for that. When Die Hard first came out, the advertisements were like you will literally be blown out of your seats with this movie. And I remember going to the movie theater. And I was like in the back seat. And I remember just literally just being like, you know, like this is a, like, whoa, this movie's ridiculous. And back then, what the biggest um, note that they had for this movie was the fact that that scene where Bruce Willis jumps off the uh, roof of the building was Bruce Willis jumping off the roof of the building. Like that was what was marketed so much. It's like the actor was doing his own stunts. Where, you know, up to the 60s, every actor did his own stunts. Like, there were no stunt people for the actors, you know? And then somewhere along in the 60s, they decided, like, well, you know, we can't have them break their bones. And, you know, and the cliche came along, like, in Spaceballs. We're like, oh, we caught their stunt doubles. Like, that was that was the big thing. But it was like, because I remember Bruce Willis just made, like, an extra... I don't know, at the time, like, almost like a million dollars just to jump off the roof of the building. So Die Hard was really like one of those action movies that was just like, whoa. And that's when they all, because, you know, in, in, it's such an ego fucking trip. Every action star had to do his own stunts, quote unquote, at some point, you know. Yeah. Um, and Die Hard is the one that kind of paved the path for that. So in terms of that, standalone, like I said, Die Hard is a fantastic movie and I do believe it's a Christmas movie, but in terms of Christmas movies over like the Christmas spirit of it all, I have to pick Scrooge. John. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to side with you on this one. I, I, uh, I, I agree with just what we're saying. Well, Andrew's away. Die Hard is a better movie than Scrooge. If you had yes. to keep one, I'm keeping that. But it's it's not in in the twelve Christmas movies. Scrooge is, you know, because because realistically speaking, you can watch Die Hard twelve months of the year and it's still Die Hard. It right. would kind of be weird to watch Scrooge when it's not Christmas. You could. Of course you you can. It's a great movie. Yeah, but you're a fucking lunatic. It would never pop. <laughs> it would never pop up. Like it's one of those. It's just not gonna. You know, like if if 
if if if we did it the opposite, where we're like it's like a room one oh one where it disappears forever and we're like if it doesn't if you don't pick it it's gonna disappear. Like if Scrooge disappears in the Christmas movies, it would disappear and you'd never see it again. If Die Hard disappears in the Christmas movies, it's not disappearing. It's still Die Hard. Right. Like so it, it so for that in the same reason, yes, like it's yes. All right. so, it has to be Scrooge. Scrooge. Scrooge it is. All right. Our next on the list is It's a Wonderful Life versus Elf. Do we even need to talk about this? This, I will say, I said at the beginning of this thing that I'm not really a big fan of Christmas movies. But I also said that It's a Wonderful Life is my favorite Christmas movie and one of my favorite movies. Elf is one of the few Christmas movies that I do really genuinely enjoy. So what you have right now are my two favorite Christmas movies up against each other. Um, all of that said, Elf kind of falls into like the Christmas movie category, and it's my favorite amongst Christmas movies, which again, I don't love typically. Whereas, as I said earlier, It's a Wonderful Life, I consider one of my favorite films, period. So I think the answer is obvious, but just throwing that out there. What's your answer then? It's a Wonderful Life. Obviously oh. wins. Okay, all right. Because Sean. it's one of the greatest movies ever. Not Sean. not only my favorite yeah. Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same. Um, it's Elf is, I love Elf. I think it's a very fun movie. And if it's on, I'll watch a bit of it. And in fact, it's a great example of what I was saying earlier. If Elf is on, I'll watch 10 minutes of it until it stops being funny and it gets back to exposition and I'll be like, uh, and I'll just stop watching it. Whereas It's a Wonderful Life came into existence for me because it was just on and I was watching it sort of like, what's going on here? And then before I knew it, I was sitting there watching it for two hours straight. Like it is, and in the world where one of them is a black and white movie from the 40s about suicide and one of them is a Will Ferrell comedy, the fact that the black and white movie about suicide is the one that got me to watch it from just, oh, it's on the TV, shows you how good that film is. Um, it, 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 it's a Wonderful Life is an incredible film. And I think it suffers in from what we talked about last time in that I don't think it's really a Christmas movie at all. Right. Um, but in this showdown, it wins. Uh, it's okay. definitely better. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will lodge my protest because I think, in terms of Christmas movies, I think Elf is much more of a Christmas movie than It's a Wonderful Life. It's not a better movie, and I agree with that one hundred percent. But in terms of Christmas movies, and let's put it this way. Christmas is a very commercial, advertising-driven American thing, right? There's a reason why, and it annoys me as a European, that no one in the U.S. really likes New Year's the way they do. Because especially in like Eastern Europe, where gifts were exchanged for New Year's, Christmas is a religious holiday. You go to church, you pray, you praise the fact that Jesus was born, our Savior was brought into this world. That's what you do on Christmas. You have a nice dinner, 
you have a nice dinner on Christmas Eve, you know, you have your freaking bacalar and you have your whatever, you're eating your fish, and then Christmas you have your roast or whatever. It's all very religious based. New Year's is the big exchange gifts, have a party, get hammered, have a good time. That's my perspective of it. And it's a wonderful life. Again, like we said, when people talk about Die Hard not being a Christmas movie, Die Hard is just as much of a Christmas movie as It's a Wonderful Life, in my opinion, because they both just tangentially include Christmas in it. The subject matter is not Christmas. It just isn't. I have to, I have to disagree with you, Tomo. Specifically to the point that you are making, I think you're, you're actually making a point for It's a Wonderful Life being a better Christmas movie. Because I would say this, you're saying that, that in, in reality, Christmas is more focused on uh, the religious aspects as opposed to the commercial aspects, right? Whereas Elf is just 100% a commercial Christmas movie about a guy who works for Santa and Santa is just a commercial idea, right? right. Whereas if you break down the religious aspects, which is Jesus came and was born and was here to save the earth and yada, 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 what you have then is the the message of that then translating to a man who thought his life was no good but realized that he was he was full of all of these blessings in his life and and his life was worth living because of those boom a better christmas movie in the true but spirit of christmas but that's my point christmas as we know it today in the u.s is not about that christmas that we know as today is about the commercialism. But we didn't say Black this was Friday. a. We didn't say this was best U.S. Christmas commercial movies. We said it was best Christmas movies. No, 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 And it's not a Christmas movie because there's nothing about Jesus. It's about suicide. It's not about Jesus. It's an angel. God sends an angel to him to show him. You haven't watched this movie in years. God sends an angel to this man Elf, to show him it. his entire Elf life and movie. to show him why is his a... life is worth living. God <laughs> listen, sends an angel. Don't at me. It's, a two, it's two to one a wonderful life. It wonderful you you two have been against each up. other it's all Elf. night. <laughs> I, you two, it's like every time you're again, I'm just doing like a metronome <laughs> between the two of you. It's like, which one do I go with this time? <laughs> that's why we have the threes all right it's a wonderful yeah. life goes into the next round and our last round is a muppet christmas carol versus the santa claus oh that's that one's tough for me that's gonna be tough for me because i haven't seen either of these movies in years and i i hold um i hold them both up quite not terribly highly because again i don't love christmas <laughs> movies but um I, I i have fond memories of each of them I don't actually know where I would go with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to you guys first, and and we can go from there. Sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's Muppet Christmas Carol. For everything we said last time, I I think, and also it was the last, it was the last uh, project that Jim Henson worked on before he died. Um, it's it was the last Muppet anything. He he actually died before it was released. Yeah. Okay. Because in the credits it says in memory of Jim Henson. Yeah, it, he died before it was released, um, but he was working on the movie, um, and he died whilst they were whilst they're in post production, I think. Um, 
and it's, it really carries that spirit. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Christopher Carroll is, is incredible. And and again, just, you know, what Michael Caine does in that film, Michael Caine is so good in that. So good. In that so film. Um, and there's some other really good actors in that, in that movie as well that pop up. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he's, Wait, I've lost. What was the other movie we were up against? Santa, Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Oh, Santa Claus. Yeah, okay. Michael Caine in one of the best things he's ever done versus Tim Allen playing Tim Allen. Like, I'm like, I, I, yeah. I just no, no, no. can't. I, I, I agree. I, you know what? I, I'm with you 100%. A Muppet Christmas Carol. Tim Allen was fantastic. And in terms of originality, the Santa Claus is really, it's one of those that like, what a great idea. You know, it's so few because, especially with, and I mean, in a way I think it's justified, especially with all the superhero movies, like, oh, this is just shit that's been written before. Yeah, but nobody's made a movie about it that's worth spit. You know, it's like, this is why they're so popular. But you're right, this is based on other stuff. And um, the Santa Claus, in terms of originality, on this list of movies, is probably the best one in terms of ideas, I, I I'd say, but in like you said, in terms of just execution, there's nothing about, and like I, and I said it before, there's nothing about Michael Caine's performance in this that pulled me out, and he had nothing to act against but freaking dudes with like hands up puppets asses. I mean, he it was brilliant. It was really brilliant. It was just like. This is this is an acting class. That movie is literally an acting class, in my opinion. It's just brilliant. I, I mean, I, I'm going with uh, with uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. So uh, that's and, and Andrew, you gave us choice. So Muppet Christmas Carol. So our last. You guys agree to that, yeah? So our three contenders for the top title are Scrooged, It's a Wonderful Life, and a Muppet Christmas Carol, which is funny because it's two basically versions of a Christmas Carol. And it's a wonderful life. So, oh, wow. before we go to that, why don't we give our grace for our third beer? Um, I'll start with my Corson Dog Christmas Ale, eight point one percent. This, like I said before, when, when I tasted it, this is what the Great Lakes Brewery Christmas Ale wanted to be. Not to take anything away from the Christmas Ale by Great Lakes Brewery, because that I gave that one a four point This one is just that much better. Um, Somehow it was richer, not as sweet, great carbonation. It just, the spices in it just makes you just like think you're like you're having Christmas cookies. It's really just fantastic. As an adult, I, I can't think of a better treat. I'm giving this one a 4.2. Wow. Sean, Porter? Yeah, Porter was very nice. I give it a 3.8. Ooh. Uh, off the bat, um, it's it was tasty porter. It's good. Um, it's it was nothing fancy. It was just a good porter. Um, it was I guess there was two ways this could go when something is literally just called porter or like beer. It's like it it it's either like this is awful or like this is literally exactly what you say it is, and that's what it was. It was it's a porter. It's a good porter. It's not incredible. But it was 
perfectly good, and I personally like porters. So, so yeah. Good point. Excellent. Uh, Andrew, burning money. What do you got? Uh-oh. He's I'm, uh, I'm right where I was when we started this, which is on my third IPA. So I'm having trouble coming up with what to say about this. But like I'm saying, this one... Okay, so the first one we had, the War Horse, felt like a good IPA, but it didn't have anything else going on. The next one I had was the Mosaic uh, Hoppy Hour Hero from Saranac, which felt like a really great IPA, but had all the citrus and everything else and made it that much better. This one, the Burning Money IPA by Thin Man Brewery, it's got something going on that I would put it similarly to the Saranac, where I said it's kind of a level above just a generic IPA. I can't for the life of me tell you what that is right now. I'm not even going to try because I'll make an ass of myself trying to come up with some bullshit to say what's what I'm tasting in it. But it's really good. I mean, I went from I went from the War Horse, which, like I said, IPA to the Mosaic Saranac, which was like everything you want in an IPA plus the citrus to this. And whatever it is in this, it still tasted like an IPA, but it tastes totally different from the other two I had. And it's just really, really good. Um, and had I not had two beers before this, maybe I would rate this differently, but I'm enjoying this as much as I enjoyed the mosaic from Saranac, which would I give that a 4.3? A 4.3. I got to give this a 4.32 then, because this is great. I, I would love for you guys to have this too and just okay. to, to get your opinion on it. Again, birthdays are coming up, so, you know, <laughs> that's, that, that's your deal. All right, so we got our... Final three movies to count down and our last of the beers. Yep. Shall we all crack open our uh, display our beers, please? I uh, I need to pull out Andrew and do a pee pee. I'm very impressed with uh, Tomo not having to. I can't believe you pee. guys haven't had to go once yet. I need to go now, but I'm I need to. Yeah, I need to go to, I've gone I twice to go already. To. I'm glad this is part of our uh, podcast uh, subject matter. And we're talking about how we have to go take a piss. Um, this is very professional. So, Andrew, entertain the crowds while I go to the bathroom, too. I gladly will. <laughs> Sean is in the bathroom with his phone. That's just brilliant. I'm oh, getting better. My yes. camera on. This is, gonna, this is great YouTube material. This is great. So, I'll give a I'll, I'll turn my a... audio off so you don't hear my pee, but I'll keep the camera <laughs> on. Good, good. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the intro to my beer just to cut out uh, a little time there. Are you sitting down to piss, Sean? I'm a little embarrassed for you. Oh, no, you're not. Okay, okay, good. Folks, the folks listening, Sean is not sitting down to pee. I apologize. That was my mistake. Um, for mine, for my next beer, I'm doing the McKellar Magic Skyway, which uh, folks in the New York area, you probably will recognize this can, anyone who's watching it on YouTube. Um, you see these folks, these little guys in the car here on the can. Um, they're, they're pretty recognizable. I believe my understanding is McKellar, which this can, it says on it, is brewed out of Flushing. Let me see if I can find it on here. Yeah, brewed out of City Field in Flushing. So they're sort of the, the brewery, um, the house brewery at um, City Field where the Mets play. But I found out earlier today in doing some research um, on McKellar, McKellar is actually um, originally from somewhere internationally. Where specifically, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm going to look it up for you guys. 
But McKellar is originally from somewhere internationally, but they have um, taken on the brewery at City Field where the Mets play and are they brew specifically domestically in the US out of the City Field location um, in New York City, which is cool in Flushing in Queens. Let me see if I can pull it up and find it. McKellar originally is from, where are they from? McKellar, McKellar Beer, Denmark. Copenhagen, Denmark is where they are originally from, um, but they have their division in the US out of City Field, again, where the Mets play in New York. So what I will be drinking is McKellar's Magic Sky. It is another IPA. It is a, let's see here, 6% ABV. And the IBUs, the IBUs are not listed on this can. I'm gonna go over to my untapped app and see if that notes the IBUs or if it has no IBUs. Okay. We'll see. Hold okay. for one moment, please. I pull this up. Magic Skyway. Uh, nope. N.A. It says NA. not applicable for the IBUs. It also says, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up for any folks watching on YouTube. I don't. It's not really showing up too well on there. But it says here on Untapped. It says no longer in production. What? So the McKellar Magic Skyway that I'm about to drink. This may be one of the last ones available. And we're about nice. to enjoy it this evening. No longer now, is it is it called, is a brewery the McKellar Brewery or is it just called McKellar Skyway? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Magic, I might have said McKellar. Magic Skyway is the beer itself. The brewery is McKellar. Oh, McKellar. Oh. Originally out of Denmark, but they have their, their, uh, their U.S. distribution, it seems, is out of uh, City Field in, uh, they're like the, the house brewery at City Field. Really? In Flushing? Yep, yep. Okay. So this, on this can, on this can it says, um, brewed and canned McKellar Brewing NYC, City Field, Flushing, New York. It says it right there. But if nice. you look up McKellar Brewing, their main or their original, if you will, is from Denmark. Hmm. Sean, what do you have? I have the the uh, the labels ripped when I bought it, so it adds to okay. the mystery. It is called <laughs> Barrel and Bean from Allagash, um, in Portland, Maine. It is a triple ale aged in bourbon barrels and blended with cold brewed coffee. Nice. What's the ABVs and IBUs, my friend? It is. It is. Oh, good question. Good question. I think it may be on the uh, on the ripped part of the label. Okay. Here. Well, we can look at the app and see what uh, barrel it, it, and bean. It is literally get. on the ripped part of the label. I think it says ten percent. 10% ABV and not applicable IBUs. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Wow, I'm the only one that had just like IBUs for the whole run. Because my pretentious here, fool. You I think am. you're better than us? <laughs> I yeah, absolutely fuck yeah, I think I'm better than you little <laughs> shits. All right, anyway. So this is ten fifty, which is a barrel aged a bourbon barrel imperial stout by the uh, Oscar Blues Brewery out of Longmont, Colorado. This is a 12.5% ABV and a 65 IBU. This one was rated, I think, 98 or 100. I think 12. Did you say 12%? 12.5%. It's like a cocktail. It's like wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go, boys. Ready? One, two. All right. Let's give the good folks a pull. Oh, my God. Look at this. This is like a can of oil. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> look at this thing. What? Oh, look. This is like impenetrable. Look at that stout. Oh, citrusy. Oh, yeah. I'm liking that hazy IPA. Nice. Sean, what do you got? Besides a befuddled look on your face. What? what <laughs> get the sippy cup, goddammit. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a <laughs> bottle of beer. All right. Well, here we go, gents. Here's our last beer right before the end of the countdown. Cheers. And that's 12, baby. 12. Merry Christmas, folks. Merry Christmas, people. It's good. Oh. Literally every beer that I've had tonight, I want you guys to try. This Same here. stout, though, wow. I think this stout is blowing everything out of the water. Oh, I think Andrew, I think, did you say that you don't like stouts particularly? I don't. I don't care that much for stouts, if I'm being honest. I no. think you would like this stout because you can't help but taste the bourbon. Really? Yeah. You know I love bourbon, though. So I know. I, yeah. I think this I think this stout will turn you towards, yeah, exactly. Look at all those bourbons behind you. I think <laughs> this stout will turn you on to stouts. This yeah. is... This is a very bourbon. Let's see. Is there anything else written on this Oscar Blues? Brewery? It's a great looking can too. It's a great can. It's very, yeah. It's very like kind like, of like or... very chic. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, Long Mountain, Colorado. No, no frills. Nothing written on the side of it. You know, a lot of these beers they get cheeky. And they want to write something just like cool, like, oh, did you think you could have pancakes without this beer? No, you should have it with this beer. Nothing. Just Oscar Blues Brewery, Imperial Stout, aged in bourbon barrels. And um, they have a regular stout that's 10%, but I guess because these are in the bourbon barrels, it goes up an extra 2.5%. This is a wow. very, very solid stout. A little it- bit sweet, but solid. Does it taste boozy? I've had I've had beers that are over ten percent, and it almost tastes like they got like liquor dumped in them, and it just doesn't quite work. No, this doesn't have that bite. I know what you're talking about. I've had yeah. like that where it feels like 
if he was like a Boilermaker. Yes, there's a Sam I, Adams. I can't think of the name of it, but just oh, Utopia. I think it's called. Is that it? It's I like think so. Eleven percent or something. Yeah, it's, just, it's 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 like illegal in a few states. Like they won't like even sell. It's not allowed in a few states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. A lot of times when they try to get heavy with the alcohol content, and it tastes like someone just dumped a shot in the beer and here have the beer. Yeah, does not taste like that at all, at all. Um, it's a little bit, like I said, on the sweet side, it's not cloying. It's 12 and a half percent. Like I shouldn't be able to drink this without just going like, and it's not like that at all. This is a super easy beer to drink. I understand why it's like 90. I think it had a 98 rating on the beer advocate or whatever it is. It's, this is a very nice beer. Very nice beer. Who wants to go next? Sean? Andrew, who wants to go next? Uh, I, I'm in an unfortunate place Uh-oh. where uh, I uh, my allergies have got the better of me oh, and my no. nose is all blocked up and I can't really taste anything. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, I ran out of my, uh, my antihistamine like a couple of days ago. Oh. And uh, and uh, so I think I know what it tastes like, but I'm not entirely sure. So what I'm going to do is I'll let Andrew talk and I'm going to go and blow my nose because if I blow my nose and then yeah, I take help. a sip, yes, I'll be able to help. taste it. I might help. Why don't you okay. mute yourself so we don't hear you blowing your nose? Yeah, good idea. Smart. Yeah, it was smart. Okay. Um, the Magic Sky, was it Skyway? Yeah, Magic Skyway. This Magic is great Skyway. so far. Um, it's it's of the IPAs I've had, as I've discussed earlier, I've had several IPAs this evening. It is leaning more towards the lighter side. I actually think this is the lightest one I've had. The other, let's see. Yeah, this is this is only 6%. The, the next closest one was 6.8. The other ones were in the seven realm. So it's a bit lighter. Um, but unlike the War Horse, which I did enjoy the War Horse, I feel like it's got some different citrusy notes or something going on. And I kind of wish on the can they, they talked about what they did in this, but they don't. Because I, I don't, again, I, I, can't, I can't really pinpoint what it is, but there's something else going on here, which is really good. Um, it's a little bit lighter. Um, not just in the fact that the alcohol content is lighter, but it just feels lighter drinking it. You know, some beers you drink feel a little heavier going down. Sure, sure, This, sure. especially for an IPA, and at 6%, 6% is not, it's not nothing. Um, going down, it feels kind of nice and light. Um, and you just feel like you could kind of sit and sip on it without, without kind of overloading. You know, like some of the IPAs just feel like you could have one of them, but too many more and you'd be kind of, You'd be kind of filling up on them. This doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that. Um, yeah, it's nice, man. It's really good. Um, and I mean, look at that artwork. You got that dino and the volcano and these dudes in the car. It's kind of weird, but it's fun. I love, I love with the cans. All the cans I got are all pretty, are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. First impressions are really good. I don't know. I, I. I knew when I got these beers that I probably should have done something other than just get IPAs for all of them. But when I looked through all of the selection at the place I went to buy beers, these were just the best of the best that I could find. And 
I might have had a, a bit more variety and I might have had a little bit more to say had I had some different beers other than all IPAs. But I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as I'm enjoying this. So Christmas time, treat yourself. Um, they're all good. And man, this is this is really good. So shout out to Flushing and City Field, which is right by my house, as you guys know. Sure. Um, so hey, shout out to uh, we had the Saranac earlier to represent the hometown, and now I got the Flushing to represent current current town. hometown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Hometown Flushing. That's. And the Buffalo in there. That was when I was in college. New York. Flushing was my flushing my was my stomping grounds, my friend. Main Street Flushing. That's me. All right. That's right. Sean, now that your nasal passages are clear, what do you think? <laughs> I think this is the uh, I think perhaps unfortunately, I think this is the only time ever I'm gonna have to just do an NA. Non applicable. I, 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 this is this is a liquid. Um, it's a cold liquid from a bottle. Whoa! What was that? Did someone, did someone just pull a Rudy Giuliani? What the hell just happened? What was that fart noise? What? That's so weird. I heard it too. Weird. It wasn't me. Did, did the mic pick that up? <laughs> yes, it did. Oh yeah. <laughs> The little light, did, the little light didn't come on under my name. I didn't think you guys got that. <laughs> oh, that's there for the whole podcast world it's, to enjoy. That is totally. In fact, this is going to be the promo audio. Is Andrew pulling a Rudy Giuliani during the podcast? Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> 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 what the hell? There's, there's your fucking promo. Yeah, there you go. Oh my god, that was so funny. Oh, okay. Hey, sorry. Oh, you wow. can't smell anything, so good for you. Yeah, thank God good he's for a me. Utica. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, is horrible. I am 48 years old and farts just still make me laugh like I'm a little boy. Why is that? This is terrible. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So, 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 so far, you think it's just a cold liquid? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, farts on your opinion. Okay. I, very good. I, All right. I, you know, I blew my, I blew my nose and, uh, it's this weird thing that happens when you have it where you blow your nose and for the second as I am exhaling and blowing my nose, I can taste. So I was like, oh, taste, 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 taste. And all I could taste was vaguely bourbon. And as we've already discussed in previous episodes, I don't like the taste of bourbon. You don't like bourbon. So, So I just happily just continued to be stuffy and drink the beer for the sake of being able to drink this alcoholic liquid without having to taste the thing I don't like the taste of. Well, you know what? Just keep drinking it and make up your decision by the time we're done with this countdown. And let's give people the 12 beers of Christmas that we promised them, yeah? Yeah. All right. So we have Scrooge versus It's a Wonderful Life versus A Muppet Christmas Carol. Wow. So it's a little bit of a um, spaghetti western showdown, right? Three baddies all with guns aimed at each other. And again, 
this is why I wanted to kind of leave It's a Wonderful Life off the list. Because it's almost like putting Michael Jordan amongst a bunch of college players and who's the best college player. True. That's fair. So should we, in that spirit, should we take Scrooge and a Christmas Carol and pick a winner? And then from that, do a winner between that and It's a Wonderful Life. Is that fair? I, I, no? You know what? I, I, I personally, I believe that's a fair comparison, especially considering the subject material. Because they're basically both interpretations of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. I, I feel that's a fair uh, uh, approach. Either and, way we go, you guys know my vote at this point. We do? A Muppet Christmas Carol? Of the three? No, no, no. Well, yeah, well, whatever. Like I said, this is... This is <laughs> no, no, no. So, so if we go, if we... Speaking specifically to Scrooge and a Muppet Christmas Carol, I've not seen Scrooge. So... Hmm. So I need to kind of defer to you guys on that. But okay. I already know my answer amongst these three. Yes. So it doesn't matter. Completely. Um, this is... T the way we've done this, I think because now we have three, mm -hmm. this is so funny how this has happened. Like this didn't happen very often when it was just me or you, Tomo, when we had brackets. But no, I think no. we have a, well, it has a to do with three way tie. Because we picked 12, because we went from 12. We, went, we did we went, like we 16. Went, right, because we right? went to 12 beers at Christmas and we went 12 movies. If we did 16, it'd be a traditional bracket and we'd be able to get it down to the final two. But because we did 12, we end up with three. That that's fucking that, song, Twelve yes, Days of Christmas, exactly. screwed us. So that that's that's basically let's blame some arbitrary asshole who made up Twelve Days. Of <laughs> Why is Twelve Days of Christmas? I don't know. Why is it two weeks of Christmas? Why is it fourteen days of Christmas? Why is it twenty-five days, like an advent calendar? Exactly. Why is it? That? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if we're going Scrooge versus a Christmas Carol. And then that winner goes against It's a Wonderful Life. I think that alone gives It's a Wonderful Life an advantage because it doesn't have to face anybody. And again, the subject matter is Christmas and hope. All of these movies have hope, right? Like we established at the beginning, as long as it has the idea of hope and 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 the 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 victory of human spirit, et cetera, et cetera, it, it falls into the Christmas category, right? Because You're arguing for it's a wonderful life again. No, I'm not. <laughs> Fuck off, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. He is. He could drop dead, and thankfully he is dead. He is dead. God you, rest his you, soul. You and it's a wonderful life, and you guys can all fuck off. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart would make a terrible podcast guest, by the way. <laughs> Just, just like, oh, my mouth's bleeding. <laughs> my mouth's bleeding, Mark. <laughs> how, did, how did Jimmy Stewart turn into a fucking retard? <laughs> Have you seen the movie? That's how he talks. <laughs> right. What do you know about that? Merry <laughs> Christmas. Right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, in the spirit of that, 
A Muppet Christmas Carol. And again, I, I, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. You want to hit the whole family with a Christmas movie. Scrooge is a little bit scary for kids. I know, uh, Andrew, you haven't seen it, but Scrooge is a little bit scary for kids, especially with the ghost of Christmas past. Of uh, No, uh, Christmas, is it Christmas future? The one, the big one in the elevator when he says, which is a very funny scene, Sean, and maybe you can remind me when he says, like, back off, big guy, this might work with the chicks, but it's not going to work on me. <laughs> yeah. That he's supposed to be death. I think it's the Chris ghost of uh, Christmas yet to come. Yet to come. It it's a little bit scary, and I mean it. It approaches a Christmas Carol from a very adult viewpoint. It's it, and I mean that's one of the reasons why, as an adult, to me it 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 resonates the most. A Muppet Christmas Carol is a really great movie to show to kids. I mean. Uh, my nephews are coming over for Christmas. They're 10 and 8. I will pick a Muppet Christmas Carol over Scrooge any day of the week to show to them. And if you're talking about the whole family and the Christmas feeling and all of that, for that, I would pick a Christmas Carol. In terms of movies and what I prefer, I prefer Scrooge to a Muppet Christmas Carol. So, I'm kind of split on the two. And I don't know, Sean, if you can clarify it further for me. It's it's tough. I mean, I think we're in, we're in like a three-way in that I think uh, Andrew is very much of, you know, his tradition and like whether it's family tradition or personal tradition is that It's a Wonderful Life is the quintessential Christmas movie. For me... Muppet Christmas Carol was the movie that we watched every year. Like, if there was one movie that we always had to watch, it was Muppet Christmas Carol. And then, and then for your end, Scrooge is the movie that you would personally want. That to watch I it. would personally pick. And my wife is an atheist, and I'm agnostic at best. Yeah. So you know the religious uh, 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 um, associations to any of these films mean nothing to me. They just yeah. don't. Yeah, no, yeah, and I, I it, it's, it's difficult because, oh, it, 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 yeah, it's tough because I think that Scrooge is the best example of someone perfecting a genre. I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park with comedy movie. Scrooge yes. is one of the best comedy movies. Yes, let alone it, Christmas. It, it, I agree. I it's agree. a really great movie. Like it I is. Agree. Someone has gone right. We have to make a Christmas movie. What are we going to do? We've got Bill Murray. Let's just make it. And they and they maxed out on what they had to do for the production. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. I think for the same thing is they did the absolute best they could do with the adaptation. I think it's incredible what they did. The Muppets yes. are charming. It's a family yes. movie. Yes. However, It's a Wonderful Life is just what, like Andrew keeps saying, when you talk about the spirit of Christmas, I think 
there is something truly magical in that movie. Um, the hope. The, the, it, it's the hope. It's not. It's not even hope. It's the it idea transcends that, that though. It, it it it's the idea of it is everybody's. Um, it is everybody's ideal, like utopian dream of what Christmas spirit should be. Right. Is that there is this man who is nothing but good to everybody. Like his whole life is he's just trying to do the best he can do. And he's being good to everybody. He's just a good fella. And you know what life gives him for being good? A whole lump of nothing. Right. It's just like, well, you're a good guy. Good for you. Yeah. That's all you've got. And, and he realizes that. And he's like, what, what is the fucking point of this? And then when the whole world realizes that this guy has realized that they all turn around and then suddenly like the last act is the whole world turns around and goes, you know what guy, just before you check out and think all this, by the way, we all love you and we appreciate everything you've ever done. And we're sorry that we've taken all this time to say it. And there's just something so magical about the idea of that because I think it's so relevant to everyday life. Like every time you've ever done something good and you've kind of felt like, oh, no one really cares. It's that thing of that people don't realize people aren't good at articulating gratitude and friendship and love. And like, if you truly got people in a room and we're just going to say, you know, what would you do for everybody? And, you know, it's, is something very magical about that last act of It's a Wonderful Life where just everybody gangs together and they're like, you know what? You deserve more. Yeah. And I, and it's just oh can I can I build off of that, Sean? On yeah. a, no, it's a wonderful fuck life. Off. Sorry, you're, sorry, you're sorry, right. sorry, I'm having a moment here. But there there is a moment in that that movie that stands out for me when um for the folks that are listening that have, have seen this movie, when uh, Harry Bailey sits down with um, Mr. Potters, and Mr. Potters is just an awful human being. Basically, he's the rich guy who runs the whole town, and he's like a miserable old bastard, but he's got tons of money. And Mr. Potters is like the guy that got a lot of money and had everything, but he was just a miserable bastard, and that's how he got there. And he offers George Bailey what is it is it he offers for him to um work for him or to like sell his uh the business and loan that he's running and he's gonna buy it off for him and give him a lot of money which is more money than george would have ever had and he's like i'm gonna buy it from you and you take that money and you go live with your with your family and you guys have a great time and blah 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 blah. and george is about to take it and he's like you know what just give me give me give me can, can I have the night to go home and talk to my wife and, and, and think about it? And, and Potters is like, yeah, you go home. You talk to your wife. You, you, you think about it. And he's like, okay, thank you so much, Mr. Potter. This, thank you. Thank you. And he gets up and he's ready to leave. And he's like, wait a minute. And George, for the folks that have seen the movie, inherited his father's business and loan. And his father never had really much to his name other than this business and loan. And all he did was loan money to folks in the town. And he never made any money. He was always behind on it, but he helped the people in the town. And George, 
George stops on his way out the door and says, no, 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 Mr. Potter. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to go home. So I have my answer right now. And the answer is no. Um, and I forget exactly how the scene transpires, but he says to Mr. Potter, he says, I don't, he's something to the effect of, I don't care how much money you have. My father, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be because his father helped people and his father was a good man. And Mr. Potter found success and money and all of the things we search for in life, but was just this miserable old bastard. And George says, no, 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 I'm not gonna, you know, and I, I feel like that, that's one of those moments in the movie, right? Where they kind of lay out the theme of the movie for you kind of somewhere in the middle or early on. Um, and that's sort of what, what the movie lends itself to where George is this guy who wanted to see the world and do all of these things. And all he ended up with was like a nice house and a nice wife and some kids. And in reality, he was like, oh, I never did the things I wanted to do. And he doesn't, you know, I, I, he, he, you know, he comes to the point where he wants to take his own life. And he realizes all the people he's helped along the way and how he's gotten to where he is. And now he has this beautiful wife. Now he has this home and now he has his kids. And in the same way that he said to Mr. Potter in that scene, my father died a much richer man than you'll ever be. But he is a very rich man, whether even though he's not necessarily wealthy. We talk about the Christmas spirit and all of the ideas that come with that. What more do you need? I mean, that's it right there. That is, I think, I think every, the every man, and when I say the every man, I mean the every person. Nowadays, we would say the every person, I think, because I don't mean specifically men. I mean just people. We all have these aspirations and these dreams and these ideas and these things that we want to do and that would be great. But at the end of the day, if you can't go home and be happy with the folks you, you call your family or the folks that you go home with, what's it all mean? You know what I mean? And um, man, I will, I, will fight. I will fight for this movie like you won't believe, <laughs> but that to me is that movie and that to me is like, you want to talk about the traditional Christmas spirit. You want to talk about the religious element of Christmas. You want to talk about the, the, the commercial element of it, whatever you want. It doesn't get any better than that in this movie. Can I just say that is one of the finest lines of bullshit I have ever heard. Of. <laughs> that is just sit down oh and tell God. me, sit down and tell me why Scrooge is better than that. Oh you son of a bitch. God. That is just, just, Oh, Merry Christmas, you old building alone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas, you old building alone. <laughs> oh, this is so good, Andrew. I'm just so full of shit. My eyes are brown. I don't want to hear it, Tomo. I don't even want to hear it. That was so nice and touching. And <laughs> like I said, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to exclude It's a Wonderful Life from the chart to begin with. <laughs> we let it go through we and in retrospect we should have taken it out and put in home alone too tell gabby <laughs> i wanted to put it in home alone too Where's yeah, it's a wonderful life <laughs> carrie submitted it's a wonderful life and that was one of the first submissions we got it was it's very true and it was such an easy submission and can i tell carrie that suck ass carrie because you should have picked something a little bit more unwinning it's kind carrie of like is a great Kerry is a great filmmaker. Go watch his short film. Coffee I'm sure and the he's a great filmmaker, but he'll watch Jordan. that and he'll be like, damn it. 
if he this guy Jordan thinks It's a Wonderful his, Life is a great movie, maybe it is. He, he picked Jordan to be on his three-on-three team. I'm not impressed. I'm just not impressed with his fucking choice. That's all I'm going to say. He just picked the best, and it's there's, so, it's, so there's no I argument. I will say this. I will say this. In terms of Scrooge versus a Muppet Christmas Carol, I'm going to pick a Muppet Christmas Carol for the family film for Christmas because it's not as scary. That going up against It's a Wonderful Life, It's a Wonderful Life is a better movie. I will say that much. In terms of Christmas movies, I think A Muppet Christmas Carol is a better Christmas movie. Oh, shit. That means Sean. Yeah, this decision I, is falling I in think, your lap. I think Tomo has to watch It's a Wonderful Life this year. Because, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, uh, this uh, that's a very different. So, Mother Christmas Carol is the movie I, I grew up watching. That is my quintessential Christmas movie, and I think it is perfect. I think it's a perfect movie. However, when I consider how much I love its wonderful life, and I think it's brilliant, and the fact that it was made in the forties. That amount of time, like, <laughs> is when I think about, like, you know, there's like what, like 50 years between the movies. It to think, like, in 50 years from now or 30 years from now, or whatever, will people look back on the Muppets in the same way? I like, I don't know, like, is that the same yeah. level of respect? I it's uh well like i said it's a wonderful life is a great great movie from everything said um in terms of christmas movies and we established early on in this in the episode it's a it's a it's a feeling of hope and the hope is that you get to realize that all the things you're looking for are right in front of you. You just stop seeing them. In that case, It's a Wonderful Life is actually a good demonstration of that hope. So I think our winner is It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah! Scrooge is number three because it's as good a movie as it is. It's not kid-friendly. And uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol is number two, I would say. Yeah, Ooh. I think. Yeah, I think so. We're we're good with that. I think so. It's time All for right. me. It's time for another potty break. So you guys, Jesus you guys, Christ, dude, what do you fucking have? <laughs> a running right through me. These are all pint-sized. These are oh, pint-sized beers. God. How did we pick this child to be on the podcast with us? I, he's he's got quite the uh, quite the the bladder mechanism. I, I mean, seriously, it's like, what the hell's going on? Does he have prostate cancer? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so let's go to while he's doing his business, our fourth beer selections. Sean Barrel and Bean. Besides being it cold and alcoholic, what do you have to say for it? <laughs> um, I think 
it is uh, probably sorry, my hands away. I think it's probably the best beer out of the uh, four really? beers I've had, which is pretty remarkable when you consider that it's the only beer I've not been able to taste. Uh, it, 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 it goes to show you how much I like the other beers. But uh, okay. actually, that's not fair. I, the porter was nice, but it's just... Um, I, I, I saved this to last because I assumed it was going to be the nicest based on the description. Right. And from what I can gather, it seems to be pretty good. But it's, you know, I really can't give it a good, a decent review. At a guess, <laughs> at a guess, I would say it's probably a 4.2. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. A nice, that's a nice number. Yeah, because, you know, I don't think it's too extreme. Like, it's 10%. So it's nice and strong and that you can have a couple of them. You know, if you were somewhere, you could have a couple of them and then feel very like, oh, you know. Um, right. it, it's, but it's not too extreme. You, there's a big difference. When you're talking about beer, I think there's a big difference between 10% and then your 12%. Right. Um, I think it's a nice... I don't see many 10% beers, but I think it's a nice place to sit. So, you know, I'll give it. And also, apparently, it's blended with cold brew coffee. And it's got that vodka Red Bull thing of, like, kicking your, you know, your depressant with a stimulant. So right, that's right, probably right. pretty good for... I mean, it's probably terrible for your heart. But it's it's good for the uh, keeping you awake. Oh, heart smart. As long as it gives you a boat, <laughs> what do you care? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so what the fuck did I miss? What? I, no, Sean and I were trading recipes. Uh, All I came in with was a boner comment, so... That's why I was saying we're trading recipes. Um, I didn't say for what, but recipes. Uh, so I will. Fortunately go- for me, I don't need that recipe. If it's- yeah, whatever. Okay, whatever. Whatever, guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a wonderful life. He's the best movie. Hey, I don't need a boner pill. Hey. Hey, I'm 26 years old. Yeah, whatever. I right, wish anyways. I was still 26 years old. <laughs> <laughs> wow if you're wishing that at this age you got a long fucking way to go guy <laughs> let me just tell you that <laughs> i'm old i'm old in spirit tomo okay anyway um i'll go next with my 1050 barrel aged oscar blues for the oscar blues brewery imperial stout aged in bourbon bourbon barrels 12.5 percent abv and 65 ibus this is and we've had stouts before, and we're usually fans. Sean and I are fans of stouts. Um, I want to say uh, 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 um, one of our favorites was the um, Black Ops from Brooklyn Brewery. That's a fantastic stout. If you haven't had it and you want to like taste what a stout should taste like, that's one I would suggest you try. Um, this is really a good 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 stout um like i said i think it was 98 on beer advocate um it's this is a 12 and a half percent abv so it's like the level of wine this drinks easier than wine it literally does carbonation is not too much like most stouts um flavor is rich but not overpowering I, the, 
I mean, there's nothing even remotely bad for me to say. Um, there's nothing crazy uh, uh, praise for me to add to it. it. So in light of everything tonight, I will say this was definitely the best beer I had tonight. Just by so much, I think the the Korsendank from Belgium was almost there. Uh, I gave that a 4.2. I'm giving this guy a 4.3. This is a really good job to the people in, in, in Longmont, Colorado. This is a wonderful beer. I really, really enjoyed this. Andrew. Damn. All right. Um, McKellar, Magic Skyway. I got I to gotta go back to, and I apologize for repeating myself, the fact that I've had all IPAs tonight. So that sort of skews this and where I have different things, I might rate these differently. Um, this McKellar is really, really good. It's like, it's definitely like the smoothest and lightest one of all I've had. It is a 6%, the closest thing I think I said earlier, 6.8%, right? Um, but whereas the Warhorse, which I really like the Warhorse, I feel like was missing just a little something. This almost, this still seems a bit lighter than all of the other IPAs I've had tonight, but it has something else going on in it. Um, I don't know what that is. And after three and a half, four pints of these things, I can't, I'm not even gonna bother to try and tell you, um, but this is really good. And Flushing and City Field, nothing but love and respect for that, for my new hometown. Um, so if I rated, if I rated the other beers where I rated them, okay, I rated the Warhorse at 4.0. This is about, about on par with the Warhorse, but it's got a little bit more going on, a little bit more flavor. It's maybe not up there with, um, with the Mosaic from Saranac or with the, um, uh, what was this one? With the Burning Money from uh, Thin Man. It's not quite yeah. there. It doesn't quite have it as much going on, but it's just got a little bit more going on than just a standard, really good IPA. So if I gave the four horse a 4.0, those, what I give these other guys, 4.3? Yeah. This is a 4.2 then. Okay. I was gonna say, you only have two choices, so pick one. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there we go, folks. So we broke down our fans' favorite Christmas movies and we figure out it's a wonderful life is a top movie whoopty fucking do uh, <laughs> wait so two. we should we should say can we say yes. on air now live yes carrie patrick martin who yes. has been a friend to me and a friend to this podcast congratulations you are winning a complimentary yes <laughs> merry christmas what's going on here shirt one of these yes. which we expect to see you wearing everywhere you go absolutely um, so Carrie, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch and you, will if you're be... pitching, if you're pitching a movie, you better be wearing this shirt, motherfucker. That, that's yeah. All. Yeah. The next premiere, if coffee and a donut makes it to another, uh, the next premiere it's at or whatever the next movie you're working on, you know, you're working on a lot of things. I don't care what it is. Wear this shirt, Carrie. Yes. That's, yeah, that's, absolutely. We're, we're going to require It's basically required at this point. We're going to reach out to him and make sure he, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh receives a complimentary shirt and um yeah it's a wonderful life was number two uh a muppet christmas carol was number 
sorry, It's a Wonderful Life was number one, A Muppet Christmas Carol was number two, and Scrooge was number three. And our 12 beers as such are Change Rotating DDH IPA 4.0 from Andrew, Fest Beer Lager uh, 3.5 from Sean, Belgian Freeze 3.8 from me, uh, that was a, a Belgian Ale, uh, Happy Hour, Happy Hour Hero um, from Saranac 4.3 from Andrew, Racer 5 IPA 3.0 from Sean, Christmas Ale by the Great Lakes Brewery 4.0 from me, Burning Money IPA from Andrew uh, 4.3, Porter by Bell's Brewery out of Comstock, Michigan from Sean 3.8, Corson Dunk Christmas Ale um, 4.2 from me, and Magic Skyway uh, IPA from Andrew 4.2, Barrel and Bean which was a is that a stout ale? It? It's a Belgian uh Belgian ale. Yeah, it's a it's it's a Belgian uh golden ale. Golden ale. Okay. 4.2 from Sean and 1050, which is a barrel aged bourbon barrel aged imperial stout for me, 4.3. So that's our 12 beers of Christmas, folks. Thank you so much for once again tuning in. And we want to express our gratitude for you all. This is our best year in terms of listens. Um, without you guys, we don't have a show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much for spreading the word about our show. Uh, we are going to try to keep giving you as much good entertainment as we can and as many good drinks as we can so that when you get together with your friends, you can pick a beer and or a cocktail or a wine or a spirit and say, hey, these three assholes from the U.S. told us what to do. So thank you all very much. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in the new year. Enjoy. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New See Year. See ya. Fuck 2020. Woo. Yeah, fuck 2020. <laughs> fuck 2020. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have a good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs>